This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Media Station. Studios in beautiful, sunny El Paso, Texas. It's time for the Buzz Adams Morning Show. You rock me like a hurricane. Oh, I know I do. On 95.5 KLAQ. Thank you so much. Good morning and welcome. Welcome everybody to our show for this Wednesday morning. It is Wednesday, August the 17th, and we have a lot coming up. On the show today, Justin Underwood, our chief legal affairs correspondent and uh, attorney, is going to be in later, answer some legal questions. Let's get out, you know, folks who want a little consultation, call in, and uh, Justin will be here around around 7.20, this morning. Make sure you have the number handy. This is the studio line number, so got a legal question to get a, uh, a legal opinion on something, run it by Justin Underwood by calling the KLAQ studio line, which is 915-910-4995. Um, 910-4995. Unfortunately, I was in the next room when you started saying that. Justin will not be coming oh. in today. He just texted me. Uh, okay. He unfortunately has an emergency. But I'm sure he will reschedule at an advantageous point in the future. Yes. Okay. All right, forget uh, what I just said, but Justin will be here another day. How's your butt feel? <laughs> uh, you want to give some context oh, to yeah, that that's statement? Right. You had a minor procedure yesterday, something a lot of guys get. Something every guy's supposed to get, I hear. And, and uh, woman. And, and woman, woman, yeah. Good. I, honestly, like the most painless procedure. You're right, there yeah, you I go. just woke up, I was fine. Uh, you're, you're, you're real... Skittish around doctors, I think. Um, no, the only thing, this one, you had to drink this toxic mix Ugh. of water and something to really clean out the, mm-hmm. the inner workings of your body. Okay, yeah. let's put it that it's way. It's like Drano. You do that for like 24 hours, and that was what I was a little worried about. But it turned out not to be as bad as I thought it was going to be, but they give you a whole gallon. You're supposed to drink this whole gallon for 24 hours. I didn't. I almost finished. I didn't quite finish the gallon. Almost finished it. All right, Maybe cool. three quarts. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, tell me who is coming in today, then. Who do we have as a uh, guest have on the show today? Carlos Corral of the El Paso Film Festival. He's going to come in and tell us a little bit about the uh, film festival coming up this fall. Uh, also, he's the producer of a new movie with actress Jenny Robbins, who will be in studio to talk about their new right. short film. I know Jenny. Jenny's yeah. from El Paso. She is. Stand-up comic. Well, still in uh, L.A., still in Hollywood. Still in Hollywood. All right. Let's uh, go ahead and go around the room uh, talking about 
what we have coming up at our uh, departments. We'll kind of get the groundwork set for today's show. Joanna Barba, Entertainment News. When we have uh, entertainment coming up in about an hour, what what are we going to be talking about today? Zoe Kravitz is reflecting on her reaction to Will Smith's Oscar slap and is now saying, I wish I had handled that differently. Where was Zoe Kravitz when this happened? Well, apparently, she, refer- she all she did was reference him in an Instagram post, and she received a lot of backlash for it. Oh, so she wasn't, like, sitting at no. the table with Will and Jada. No. I, was try- I saw that headline, mm-hmm. just the headline, and I was like, was Zoe Kravitz involved in this somehow? I know, right? I, when I saw the headline, <laughs> I thought the same. Okay. Uh, Megan McCormick with our news headlines uh, later this morning. Megan, what are we looking at? From the uh, from the news lens. Well, Representative Liz Cheney loses primary. Uh, big news in the Republican world. So we're going to talk about that. Also, I have an update on the story we've been following the Mansion parties. There's an update on that. On that. Okay. Just also, to, to rem- just to give people some background. So uh, there there are parties at houses. Some of them are house parties where the owners are there. Uh, we're still trying to get to the bottom of this mansion party, but specifically, it was a compound, a freaking compound, out in the middle of the desert, north of, you know, Montana, but way, way out there. And they were having these huge parties. The police had been called out there something like two dozen times. People There'd were getting assaults. killed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Not good. So they said... Uh, so police, hey, yeah, knock it off with with the party at this place. Police also, have been getting involved. Yeah, looks like the the owner of the home is is a drug trafficker. So that's part of the story now. And currently incarcerated. Incarcerated. That's uh, that's the information we have. All right, what else? Criminal felony and misdemeanor charges against nearly 100 people were dismissed on Monday by a jail magistrate because El Paso District Attorney prosecutors have not taken action on those cases. I will have that story. I think we're going to talk about that. You know what? Let's just do that for a second here because it's a big enough story, I think. Uh, Charges, some of them misdemeanor, and you may be thinking, oh, okay, no big deal. But some of them were criminal felonies against nearly 100 people were dismissed because the district attorney's office had not taken any action uh, on these cases. So time had elapsed, and it's just like whatever you did or whatever you're accused to do, you're free to go. And we've been asking this question for a few months now. What is going on at the El Paso district attorney's office? That is uh, that, that is a big question. A lot of judges in town, a lot of lawyers in town. Well, the El Paso County public defender... Uh, Kelly Childer, she said that 300 dismissals, additional dismissals, dismissals are expected this week right. as well. So things are getting done. Cases are getting prosecuted. We don't have one distinct answer, but I've got to think that it's some failure of leadership in the district attorney's office. And I wish somebody would be a little for, a little more forthcoming about what's going on here and why it's gotten to the case that they are just dismissing charges, sometimes in felony criminal cases, because they're not getting around to them. What's happening? So, uh, yeah, that's a story that sounds like it should be a front-page story. It is in the El Paso Times today. Victoria Rossi wrote about it, but it's on page 8A. So this is an undercovered story. Well, we'll talk about it this morning. All right, we'll have that uh, coming up. I also have the list of new rock that's going to be out for Q Connected, our new and local rock show. 
every Sunday from 5 to 7. I'm going to tell you what new uh, music you can hear. But first, Nico, what uh, what do you bring to the table this morning? You missed yesterday. It was National Joke Day. Oh, boy. I so, thought you had some doozies, didn't you? Yeah, you want to hear one? Yeah. Rip boiling water. You will be missed. M-I-S-T? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see, Megan liked that one. If you see a crime at an Apple store, are you an eyewitness? Okay. A witch's vehicle goes broom, broom. <laughs> that one made you smile. I see that. Mm. All right. That's it. Oh, thank God. <laughs> New Megadeth. Oh, one more. Yeah. To whoever stole my copy of Microsoft Office, I will find you. You have my word. <laughs> uh, this week, you can hear the new Megadeth song, Soldier On. It's a new studio album from Megadeth called The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead. And it is coming out in September, but you're going to hear new music from Megadeth on Sunday, 5 to 7. It's Q Connected. Also, another big part of Q Connected, we put a focus on Borderland bands, so some of the local and area bands that are going to be highlighted. Rivers Ventura, Cordova, Acid Wave, and Against the Edge. New rock, stuff you haven't heard before, local rock, uh, stuff you might be familiar with or possibly not. And Q Connected is every Sunday from 5 to 7. It's brought to you by The Rock House at 9828 Montana. Follow The Rock House on Facebook for a schedule of all upcoming shows. And check out Q Connected Sundays 5 to 7 on 95.5 KLAQ. Let's get things started. And let's do that with the Late Night Roundup. If you didn't stay up watching TV late into the evening, we've got a handy recap that we do for you first thing in the morning. And here we go. Some news from overseas over the Kim Jong-un and Vladimir Putin have been exchanging letters vowing to strengthen their ties against the U.S. I'm not really uh, sure Russia needs North Korea. It's like a tambourine player saying, hey, we should get the band back together. (laughs) Speaking of Russia, the CDC just added them to their COVID travel warning list. Damn, so now you're telling me it's unsafe to travel to Russia? Come on. Some entertainment news. It was just announced that Robert De Niro is starring in a new movie about two mob bosses, and De Niro will play both of them. Yeah, it's two hours of De Niro saying, am I talking to me? (laughs) Thousands of pouches of Capri Sun have been recalled because the juice might have been contaminated with cleaning solution. Yeah, and now they're actually rebranding as Capri Sun Lysol Blast. You guys aren't good at much. They sure do. Slave with like a stone. Uh, if you are a slave to audio, then you've probably purchased CDs uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> before in your life. And I bring that up because this is the anniversary of the very first CDs. The compact disc turns 40 years old, meaning they were first produced. 1980? 1982. Two. Yeah. yeah. Um, the first CDs came out in 1982. They cost, I got a few facts about it. They cost more than $20 each when they came out. What? Yeah. And you could get like a record album for 6 or 7 or $8, as I recall at the time, because occasionally I'd buy it. You mean vinyl at the time? Vinyl, yeah. yeah. Whatever that old technology is. The uh, very first CD was produced at a German factory in August 1982. Can I guess what a band? Can we can we all guess what band was the first one? Sure. 
1982. ACDC. No, they they pressed a bunch of different CDs all on the same day, so it would be very hard to pinpoint oh, it to. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, as far as catalog number goes, Billy Joel's 52nd Street was the the earliest by catalog number, but they were all being printed oh, kind of like at the same time. Um, the first commercially produced CD player was the Sony CDP-101 in 1982. It cost about $1,000. Wow. Can you imagine paying $1,000 for a CD player? And because that's the future. And then and today, t- t- everybody's going back to vinyl because it sounds warmer. Well, I think most people are going streaming because it's the, it's the convenience. and Oh, streaming. Yeah, yeah. But know. what I'm saying is vinyl's coming back in, st- in like record stores and, and sales. It has been for a while, hasn't right. it? Right. Yeah. Yeah, even, artists will, will add a vinyl to their um, yeah their their release. But back then, you would have paid a thousand dollars for this machine to play the CDs <laughs> that you would have to spend twenty dollars in nineteen eighty two money. That would have been like sixty bucks. <laughs> can you imagine? But now you could go and you can find some vinyl that's like sixty or seventy bucks. Mm-hmm. Some some of those vinyl records at F, Fye or yeah. any place you get your music. Some of those could be very, very expensive. Um, but can you imagine $1,000 in 1982? For a technology that's going to be in, inferior to vinyl later on. I don't know. The pitch for CDs, I remember, was pretty good. They never skip. I remember somebody was showing me and trying to convince me how good vinyl was or how good CDs were. They took a CD... Yeah, I think it did. It definitely had CDs that skipped. I I, I remember. Sure. I feel like it would shatter. Well, I had one of the first uh, compact uh, or mobile CDs that you would put in your car. And then there's a little thing that looks like a cassette. And you put that in your cassette player because it didn't have an input for your CD. So this was fairly new. And you would ride with CD kind of sitting in your car. But the thing is, if you hit the small, (laughs) if you hit a pebble... Yeah, that thing was gonna skip. Yeah, to, like to the next song, <laughs> it was just you could hit the tiniest little bit of anything on the road. It was gonna make the thing skip. So I think Joanna, uh, Megan, and I probably grew up in the uh, like Napster days and LimeWire, where you could just uh, uh, download your own music and make your own mixtapes into CDs and stuff. Okay, Joanna, did you ever do that with LimeWire? Yes. Did they, they started putting in songs that would have like parts of the song missing, or they would put yeah. in something that would like overdub on top of the song just yep. just in case. Why? And then you had to download like three different versions, versions. and yeah. wait to see which one was going to oh be the one. God. Because I guess for this reason, people were they were trying to prevent you know the I, stealing of it. I guess I bought a CD burner one time, so you could take all my CDs mm-hmm. and working at a radio station. I I got dibs on. A, bunch of CDs. Right. But you could make a mixtape, but you had to burn it from one CD and you could put, you know, like a like a mixtape. It yep. was very time consuming and I never listened to a single one of them not once. Like all that effort that I put really? into them. I didn't realize uh, I put all the oh, that hours of work into it. And then you I were making them for like a girlfriend? No, nah, for me. <laughs> burning CDs was my side hustle in school. Oh yeah, Bur- burning CDs. Yeah. yeah. Nice. People would give me a list, I would download them and then make the CDs. So the prices of CD players and CDs gradually went down by the mid 80s you could get a CD player for 300 to 600. Uh CDs originally cost more than $20 a piece, but 
settled into the range of twelve, fifteen dollars by the mid eighties. Although that still would be like going to the store at today's money and shelling out like forty bucks. Right. By nineteen eighty five, three years after the CD's debut, there were about two thousand six hundred CD titles available, which is a lot. Uh Approximately one-third were classical, one-third were pop or rock, and one-third were other genres like jazz and Broadway. Early on, it was very much a like for the audiophile because it was supposed... Well, that was the main selling point was it sounds so much better than vinyl. Does it? I don't know. Exactly. I mean, there were people from the very beginning like Neil Young who were saying, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that was a big selling point. They tell you, see, see, you can hear the difference. You can hear the difference. I don't uh, know that I really could or not. Yeah, I guess. CD sales peaked in 2000. And not long after that, the slide began. But CD sales were actually up last year for the first time in almost 20 years. Now they're retro. Yeah. Maybe it's their retro now. In high school, you know who the coolest person was when you got in their car, and they would have their CDs organized like in on their ceiling or <laughs> what? Yeah, like a, C, a ceiling organizer for their CDs, or even like if they had a giant CD book, and you're like, oh, what do you want to listen to? Go through all my music, man. Yeah, I had one of those big CD catalog yeah. books that zips up the side. Yeah. That's where Cadillac, ca- uh, that's where CDs go to die. Like they get in there, and if you leave them in the car too long, it all gets sticky, and it's hard to get them out. And, uh, so much easier just to Spotify stuff, right? Let's take a look at our Mo Show calendar and daily almanac of events. Today is National Nonprofit Day. It's a good thing you guys work here. <laughs> Today's Black Cat Appreciation Day. Aww. I believe they're talking about the the animals, not the fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> and any boomers out there listening? Hey, boomer. Happy Baby Boomer Recognition Day. It's your day today. You deserve a nap. <laughs> <laughs> What's What would be a baby boomer? Right after you World know, War II, right? If you were you born. Know what? We're, I'm going to come back. I have a little produce peace in honor of the boomers so we can discuss all this at the end okay birthdays today include former new kid on the block donnie Wahlberg, who is currently i think married to jenny mccarthy do i have that right yes 53 years old today also the star of blue bloods all right and the brother of the other the other ones yeah you've been to a Wahlburgers before no. No, it's, it's a, their it, chain of burger joints. Is that a real thing? Oh, yeah. Is it made by the, the Wahlburger, Wahlburger Brothers? It yeah. It is. Mm. They had a reality show about mm. it. Is it only in California? No, they got one in Vegas right across from Caesars. Oh, oh. next time I'm, I'm in Vegas. Gilby Clark, uh, Guns N' Roses guitarist who was replaced by Izzy Stradlin, is 60 today. And Sean Penn. Academy Award-winning actor Sean Penn is 62. Also, El Chapo Finder. Well, it's more like they followed him when he went to meet with El Chapo, but yeah, they ended up getting El Chapo not too long after that, right? Belinda Carlisle, lead singer of the Go-Go's and had a big solo career as well. She's 64 today. And Paris Hilton's uh, Nikki, is that her sister? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nikki Hilton's father, Rick Hilton, is 67. 
Now, where was he when the lady was screaming and pointing at the cat? Was he nowhere to be found when that meme happened? He was probably... It's called Housewives, Buzz. Yeah, he wasn't really involved quite yet. Only his sister-in-law was there. He was mad at them at that at that point, actually, because his, his brother-in-law left the Hilton and Highland firm and yeah. started his own, uh, what do you call it, agency. It's called the agency where they, they, they sell houses. So actually, they were, he was feuding uh, with his sister-in-law and brother-in-law at that time. His sister-in-law was in the picture behind okay. the woman. I, honestly, the cat's the only oh, you one didn't I care want about. The full, oh, okay. No, I, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know if he was oh. at the table when that happened. My bad. And uh, Robert De Niro, who we just found out is making a uh, gangster movie where he plays two rival gangsters, uh, is 79 today. Hey, Antonio from the chat says that there's a Wahlburgers in Into the Mountain Gods. Could oh, be. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, okay. cool. Yeah. Also, a uh, birthday for Austin Butler, the actor who played Elvis in the Elvis movie that came out this year. Trust me, he's, he's going to be a big star. Yeah. Big, big star. And it's not just because he's attractive, right? No, he's a good actor. He's he got a lot attractive. of He's got a lot of presence. No, but he's a pretty, pretty, pretty boy. He's a really good actor. Let me just tell you, he has a, his big career, I think. 30 years ago, on this date in 1992, Woody Allen admitted that, yes, he was in a relationship with Mia Farrow's adopted daughter, Sunyi Previn. Woody and Sunyi are still together. They're still, like, courtside at Knicks games all the time. So, should we quit judging well, I think there's a lot of other stuff you could judge Woody Allen, but for his relationship with Sun Yi, should we stop judging? Because they've been together for yeah, 30 yeah. years now. Boomer's Day. What did you want to know about? Uh, this is Baby Boomer Recognition Day. Um, where did the term Baby Boomer come from? Uh, men came back from uh, World War II, got married to their sweethearts. They bought a house, had babies, all the babies born right there. That was the big boom well, okay, right after the World War II. Also, so people more born, babies were born in that time frame than almost any other, right? It was certainly a boom. That's why they called called it a baby boom. Right. So those baby boomers grew up to be teenagers and young adults in the 60s, which is why, you know, boomers are all about Woodstock and I don't know. What else would you associate? <laughs> Hippies? <laughs> yeah. Freebies. Hippies, I guess. So when you call somebody a boomer, you're referring to, oh, their their parents were probably of the World War II generation. They're one after that. So happy Baby Boomer Recognition Day. I watched the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. Minnie. Ago. There's a boomer for you. I listen to records, eight tracks, and cassettes. I still buy CDs, and I'm not streaming yet. <laughs> I let my grandkids program the phone. They put Bluetooth in the car. This I was thinking while the light was still blinking on my VCR. The morning show that's live and local with Buzz Adams. A plus, man. This hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is brought to you by Pumping Ink Tattoo. 
They're at the corner of Dyer and Monroe, just moments away from Fort Bliss. You can find them on social media or at PumpingInkTattoo.com. That's PumpingInkTattoo.com. Well, let's get a look at this weather. We knew that uh, we had rain in the forecast for this part of the week, and it has come through. Raining uh, pretty much all over town this morning. Roads are going to be slick. Some people have trouble driving when the roads are slick, so take extra time. And don't forget the kids are back in school, too, so all that coming together. Uh, Rain continuing today looks like we have somewhere like an 80 to 90% coverage uh, for showers. Then overnight, more rain, more rain tomorrow, and we are going to see that wall of scattered thunderstorms and isolated thunderstorms right on through the week and into the weekend. Looks like we're going to have a chance of rain on uh, Saturday for about 60% and on Sunday for about 30%. So rain's part of the forecast here for the next several days. Uh, it's been raining overnight, so do take extra time getting to work and, uh, you know, drive as safely as possible. We got the entertainment news with Joanna coming up here in just a minute, but I wanted to take a moment to mention that our Iron Maiden flyaway is still going on. We're giving out code words three times a day, but after this week and Saturday and Sunday after Sunday, that's it. Registration is closed, and we're going to give somebody uh, a luxury deluxe trip to see Iron Maiden play in Denver. The show is September 17th. Here's what the prize includes. Uh, airfare, hotel for two nights, tickets to see Iron Maiden, also $500 spending cash and tour concert t-shirts. Every day at three, t- three different times per day, we're going to give out a code word. And I will even narrow it down for you. Here are the approximate times every day. The first one's at 10, 15 a.m. Next one's at 2, 15 p.m. And the final one of the day is at 5, 15 p.m. So when you hear the code word, just tap the Rocky Mountain Maiden button on the KLAQ mobile app. Enter the code and you're registered to win. If you can do that with as many code words as you possibly can, You'll get registered more times. So every time you hear a new code word, enter it on the KLAQ mobile app. You will need the app. It is a free download. You get the KLAQ mobile app on your iPhone through the App Store, your Android through the Google Play Store. And all of this brought to you by KLAQ BMG Music and the all-new Earl of Sandwich, the sandwich that started it all, now open with their first location in El Paso, 3581 North Zaragoza. That's 3581 North Zaragoza. Uh, Let's go ahead and throw it over to Joanna standing by to bring us Hollywood news and notes and everything going on in the world of entertainment. Good morning, Joanna Barba. Oh, good morning. Yes. Yesterday, we saw the release of the first cast images for Wednesday, Tim Burton's highly anticipated Netflix series about Wednesday Adams' years as a student. Although fans were excited to see Catherine Zeta-Jones and Luis Guzman in costume as Morticia and Gomez Adams, as well as Isaac Ordanis as Wednesday's brother Pugsley, one fan-favorite character usually photographed with the Adams family was missing, Uncle Fester. Interestingly, there is also no listing for Uncle Fester as a character on the show's IMDb cast list. When asked whether Uncle Fester will be in the series, and if so, who will be playing him, co-creator Alfred Goo said, We have no comment on Uncle Fester. Watch the show. Well, Uncle Fester was one aspect when you match him up that the Adams family beat the Munsters. 
Grandpa was great, but Uncle Fester. Uncle Fester. Got, when he Superior? put that light bulb in his mm-hmm. mouth. <laughs> that was, <laughs> chef kiss. <laughs> <laughs> well, fans took to Twitter to guess who could be playing the iconic character with one fan saying, watch it be Chris Pratt. Other guesses included <laughs> Danny DeVito, frequent Tim Burton collaborator Johnny Depp, and even Christopher Lloyd, who played the character in the 1990s Adams, Ad- Adams Family films. Other fans predicted that Christina Ritchie, who played Wednesday Adams in the films, was who was announced earlier this year as a major part of the new series, will probably star as Aunt Fester. There's been no announcement as to what role what? Richie will play in Wednesday. We're going to change it to Aunt Fester. Oh, here it's we gonna go be again. A girl, Uncle Fester. Is she going to be bald? Did she transition? We don't know. Does she as have the, a light bulb? As the co creator said, watch the show. Wednesday is set to premiere on Netflix later this year. Among the many talking points of Predator, the new Predator movie, Prey, the movie debut of Coco the dog has been the one that has captured the attention of social media. Now the animal shelter that she was adopted from to become one of the stars of the new movie has sent their congratulations to their former resident, saying, quote, Fulton County Animal Services was thrilled to find out that one of our former residents has hit the big time. Coco, who came into our care at the beginning of 2021, is the breakout star of one of this summer's biggest hits, Prey. Coco, who has no film training and was adopted by her family specifically for this project, plays Sorry. She was originally meant to have a small role. However, her popularity among the test audiences encouraged director Dan Trachtenberg to include more of Coco in the film. I'm sorry. Pre- is that the Predator thing that's on TV? Yes. Mm-hmm. That shows a hit? It, it's a movie. Oh. And it's big hit. And, the biggest and they got a star, dog? Yeah, the biggest star of this is a dog. Are you catching up here? Yeah, because I watched like 30 minutes of it. It was so boring. I had to turn it off. Oh, my God. It was super, <laughs> no super joy boring. In life. It was just super boring. Really? Yeah, I'm surprised Did to you hear get, that. It, the dog was it? I didn't even remember seeing a dog. Was Maybe this, you weren't watching. Were you I, I on was, No, I was. Were you, you know on what? something else? No, I was watching. I Look was at in, me. Yeah, look were at you on something? Were you on You were. I'll try it again. I'll, t- I'll watch it again and tell you if it's any better. <laughs> okay, well. Like, I, I, I dabbed out before. Dabbed. You dabbed out? He dabbed out. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, nope, dabbing. means something sure. different. Yeah, I, it's that dabbing. Sure. sure. I noped out. Before the before the <laughs> nope. predator the, the predator didn't even show up. You're coming up with a whole dictionary of but slang like, terms. The predator was not even there at yeah, all. Right. <laughs> I don't want to see the things he eats. Well, while there has been no word yet on whether Prey will get a direct sequel or whether the franchise will continue down another path, there is certainly more life now in the Predator series than there has been for several years. With the success of Prey, it also put to rest those fears that Disney's involvement with the franchise would see potential Predator movies under the House of Mouse's control being watered down compared to previous entries. Uh, There's another thing that I watched. Oh, what's that? And it was extremely boring. What's that? The Tales of the Walking Dead that debuted with Terry Crews. Oh, did you get to watch that? It, it wasn't good? So boring. Come on. What, what happened? Well, God, what is not boring to you, Buzz? Yeah, seriously. Stuff that's not boring. Now, you have a really bad att- attention span. Like, you can't... You, it, Joanna, Megan, he can't sit for more than five minutes. If, if something's not happening, then he'll just turn it right off. 
Mm. You don't get like. Gotta start watching Housewives, Buzz. <laughs> you probably should. You know what? I didn't turn off. Finish that golf tournament on Sunday. Oh, oh yeah. my God. That's, what, that's not boring. That's, oh, that's what was thrilling no. to you? Dude, you couldn't have dragged me off with a thousand horses. You couldn't have dragged me away oh from God. that television. But the what is it? Tales of the Walking Dead was just come Four. on. Okay, get, get start. You know what I mean? When you got a new show coming out, <laughs> grab me by the collars right out of the gate, like they did with The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. where he wakes up in a hospital and then one of the first zombies he sees is like a little girl zombie. You remember how great that was? Yeah. Well, that was not that, was that great. in this in this Walking but Dead. But you were so. also younger then, so. <laughs> It's like it's like ten years younger. It's not like, it makes a difference. A lot has happened in the past. From seventy years. to sixty, it's a big difference. <laughs> that, oh, if I had go. to sit and name the last thing that I went to go see that list I the things enthusiastically you've seen recently that, that I could enthusiastically yeah. endorse. What's that? The playoff between Wills Alatorres and <laughs> oh Sepp Straka at St. Jude's you, Open. You, you didn't even not golf, please. You didn't even see Bullet Train, but you're like, Ugh, I guess no, I'm going to go see the, this. I the bet previews, Bullet Train would have grabbed you by the collars the, from the beginning. The previews look so just <laughs> dumb, and it's just... You sound so negative, man. What There's nothing okay. that you've said right now that was positive. What else is out that Buzz will find boring? <sighs> what else have you attempted to watch, and it's boring? What did I try? I tried to get into something that everybody says is real popular. <laughs> somebody oh. just sent you. Somebody just sent you a voicemail. I think that said Buzz puts the buzz in Buzzkill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for for like nice. twenty something years, I've heard everybody talk about how great Buffy the Vampire Slayer is. It is great. Is. Yep. The show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe Boring. you just don't get it. Yeah, I not. think you need to see a doctor. <laughs> When golf is the only thing that's grabbing you by the collars. Yeah. This was not just, I mean, this was an amazing finish of golf <laughs> yeah. over the weekend. Uh, Buffy would amazing. take any day over <laughs> over golf. Prey, Coco, amazing. Boring. Oh my God. <laughs> it was, it was boring. You only watched 30 minutes of it, though. I feel like you're not even giving it a chance. Right, and then how can you judge? I feel like then if you if you're not into it, if they haven't got you by thirty minutes, they're they're not going to get you. Oh my God, is this what we sound like when we say we don't like The Godfather? Probably, yeah. Well, and idiots, you sound like idiots too. It's insisted upon. Joanna (laughs) should not have gone there. I know, right? (laughs) But I was trying to compare. No, I know, but we sound like the idiots in that one. Yeah, but I mean, Godfather (laughs) is boring, so. Compared to Prey. Compared to Prey. What else did you say you watched? Uh, Everything else that Buzz doesn't like. Moving on. Zoe Kravitz is reflecting on comments that she made about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock in the face at the 2022 Academy Awards. In her cover story for WSJ Magazine, the actress addressed some of the online backlash that she received for sharing her take on the incident saying, quote, it's a scary time to have an opinion or to say the wrong thing or to make controversial art or statements or thoughts or anything. Kravitz had initially captioned a since deleted photo post of her look from the March ceremony saying, quote, here's a picture of my dress at the show where we are apparently assaulting people on stage now. Along with her initial post on social media, Kravitz wrote alongside a second photo at the time saying, and here's a picture of my dress at the party after the awards show where we are apparently screaming profanities and assaulting people on stage right now. Wait, I think her take's pretty good on it. 
I think she's well, she spot said, on. <laughs> very spot on, but she said that she received a lot of backlash over it. In her conversation with the magazine, Kravitz said she was reminded that she is an artist after receiving criticism and that she has very complicated feelings around it. But does she but she does say, quote, I wish I had handled that yeah, differently. I thought that was a good take. Okay. Here's cool. my beautiful dress at the Academy Awards where we're apparently assaulting you. That's absolutely on spot on but right? it was be it wasn't it because she b- previously made comments about Jaden being hot I think when he was like 14 oh yeah and I think that yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the that uh, was the uh, of course pushback. people dug it up and and they were like you were saying this 14 year old was hot how dare you okay. comment on the slap something well, like that everybody was commenting <laughs> on the slap yeah. we all saw it <laughs> Yeah, let's bring up your other dirty laundry. <laughs> you Will said Smith this. didn't slap her for calling his son hot, did he? He did not. No. And finally, in 1973, Sachin Littlefeather took to the stage to reject an Oscar on behalf of Marlon Brando. She was given 60 seconds on stage, and she kept her full composure despite boos and jeers coming from the audience. Apparently, John Wayne had to be restrained by security yeah. because he wanted to physically assault her. Oh, look, another slap that could have possibly happened. <laughs> Clint Eastwood mocked her by saying that she was presenting the award on behalf of, quote, all the cowboy shot and all the John Ford Westerns. Subsequently, Little Feather was blacklisted by Hollywood and never worked again. Well, nearly half a century later, she will return to the Academy as an invited guest of honor for an evening of reflection at the Academy Museum featuring something she never dared to imagine, a formal apology from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. The Academy president, David Rubin, wrote in the organization's apology letter to Little Feather saying, quote, the abuse you endured because of this statement was unwarranted and unjustified. The emotional burden you have lived through and the cost to your own career in our industry are irreparable irreparable for too long the courage you showed has been unacknowledged all right let's go over this real quick so uh marlon brando had won best actor for the godfather which again mm-hmm. is one of the greatest movies ever made <laughs> whether you guys think it's boring, boring or not immaterial uh and the godfather had nothing to do with the treatment of native americans but right Robert Wright. Why did he even ask? Was Shaheen Littlefeather an actress at the time? Yes. Okay. Yes. Not not a not a well known actress. So and, she and she gets up she... in complete Apache buckskin attire. And he has asked me to tell you in a very long speech, which I cannot share with you presently. So when she showed up, she was ready to do her thing. The producer of the Oscars that year, Howard Koch, who uh, or or Koch. Koch. Koch, Koch, who had who produced a lot of he, them, told her you, you can't read all this. You only have sixty seconds, right? You yeah. only have sixty seconds, and said we'll let you do this as long as you don't cause a scene. So they let her read her thing because of time, but I will be glad to share with the press afterwards that he re- very regretfully cannot accept this very generous award, and the reasons for this being are the treatment of American Indians today by the film industry. Excuse me. I would say in 1973, the response was mixed from the crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they don't boo a lot, but there fair. were definitely some boo birds <laughs> out for sure. 
But then there was... Uh, Unless the applause is for the booze. No, I think the applause the is applause for her. Happened, yeah, because the booze started. And on television, in movie reruns, and also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee, I beg at this time that I have not intruded upon this evening and that we will, in the future, our hearts and our understandings will meet with love and generosity. Thank you on behalf of Marlon Brando. There's Roger Moore. Yeah, I don't... I mean, by the time she was done, it wasn't like they... Uh, some people were very upset. I've heard the story about John Wayne had to be held back from oh, expressing wow. his displeasure when she walked off stage. Uh, but You mean you in the, her speech about the treatment of Native Americans by the film industry? He wanted to mistreat... A Native American? Right. The most famous cowboy, movie cowboy in history, wanted to attack the little Indian woman. But... When you get the response to the crowd, it doesn't sound like the crowd was 100% against her. It sounds like she won most of them over, for that matter. But uh, Michael Caine, some of the actors that were there are still active today. Michael Caine, uh, who was the, the co-host of the evening, criticized Marlon Brando. He said, for letting some poor little Indian girl take the booze instead of standing up there and doing it himself like a man. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, he could have gone up with her, I suppose. It, or if you got something to say, get up there and say it yourself. Oh, yeah, right. totally. Why, why, and was that even Marlon Brando's message, or did she just... She was, said he wrote a lengthy message. It was almost a thousand words. And the producer, Howard Howard Koch, said, you're not reading this, we'll give you 60 seconds. He tells her, we'll give you 60 what seconds did? if you go over time. Uh, he had someone oh, there to arrest yeah, her. Yeah, you'll be arrested if you go over sixty seconds. Right. Oh wow! Her, so, but what? Why? Why was he concerned with the plight of Native Americans in film? Uh, I, I mean, I'm say, sure it's, it's, a, it's a good thing to be concerned a, about. But why specifically? Timely issue at the time. It was. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there was the American Indian Movement AIM, which uh, was really bringing oh. Native American concerns. You know, and you know, during actors, the decade of protest, you know, a lot of protests have been going on for a lot of things. And this, yeah, it was a pretty hot button at the time. I think Marlon Brando probably made some westerns that that depict after that that depicted Native Americans and not the best. I think he made the Missouri Breaks a couple years after <laughs> this. So, oh, Wounded Knee. There was like an yeah. occupation yeah, by some right. standoff with with federal law enforcements yeah. and. I think this was Wounded Knee might have been where Leonard Pelletier got sentenced to prison for life, and he's still in prison. You hear his name come up every now and then. So anyway, uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like everybody in the room 100% was on her side, but it doesn't sound like everybody was against her either, right? Well, no. she was blacklisted, so yeah. there was that. With your entertainment news, I'm Joanna Barba. We've gotten a few uh, neckline calls. You can leave messages for the morning show on our toll-free neckline. That number is 844-805-NECK. <laughs> 844-805-6325. What are you giggling about? <laughs> Somebody in the app chat <laughs> sent a message that said, Buzz was probably watching Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> Wrong movie. <laughs> oh, instead of pray? Yeah. <laughs> probably... Who's yeah, watching but, Eat, Pray, Love? <laughs> what? Well, I, I said I watched it. 
<laughs> didn't have a lot of excitement in it. So yeah, but I you also said it like after 15 or 20 minutes. <laughs> There's not one thing you said that you said did have excitement. <sighs> yeah. Except golf. <laughs> Boy. God, one of the saddest things in the world. Every now and then I like to do a thing called, uh, I call it perusing the papers. So I just pick up the actual physical paper. That buzz still And gets. let you know what's on the front page. Uh-huh. I like how you came up with perusing the paper. <laughs> like, that's a buzz original. Uh, latest poll for Texas governor, Greg Abbott holds a seven-point lead over Beto O'Rourke in the latest poll. I mean, everything sure looks like like Beto's going to fall short on right. this race. That's a, He needs to win a race. Just for his political fortunes, I mean. Well, I don't think you can just keep running and losing, right? I mean, I mean, what, what, what? you want to be Adlai Stevenson, I guess you could. <laughs> you know, or you want to be That's like a. There are like perennial candidates. Right. If, you, if they call somebody a perennial candidate, but then they're never serious. They never, they never. And it's hard to. T- it it gets harder to yeah. take you serious the more races you lose. So, you know, Beto won his congressional seat from Sylvester Reyes. That kind of came as a surprise. I was very surprised when that happened. Uh, what did he lose first? Lost to Ted Cruz for senator. For senate. Lost. I mean, there were like Democratic ticket. How many, there were like seventy Democrats running for president. There were so many <laughs> Democrats running for president. So he he didn't win that. And it looks like you know seven point lead. Is not insurmountable, but it's pretty substantial. It looks like Beto will probably lose in November to Greg Abbott. But I'm surprised that's not like a double-digit lead in Texas. Texas, one of the reddest states in the country. Uh, O'Rourke was much closer to Ted Cruz, and for those same reasons you mentioned, than anybody thought he had any business being. I mean, that right. that was shape enough to be a much closer race. Who is the last Democratic governor Texas has ever had? Ian Richards. Ian Richards, yeah. It was like 40 years ago. It wasn't 40, but it was old enough that Ann Richards showed up in the first season of King of the Hill as former Governor Ann Richards. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I, remember, I remember that specifically from the first, uh, the first year that King of the Hill was on. Moving on from that, El Paso Water plans legal action over the New Mexico sewage discharge fines. So oh, yeah. this is when uh, things went really bad and there was a breach and a bunch of sewer water got into the river water. Do you remember when this mm-hmm. happened back in almost a year ago? Yep. But they didn't fix it for months. And then New Mexico ended up suing the El Paso Water Department earlier this year. And the reason they're suing is we... We contaminated and polluted the entire Rio Grande, right. but part of it was started in New Mexico, but only for a very, very small thing. So New Mexico was suing for the damage we did to that New Mexico water. But look, we did it to our own water. I mean, it, whatever happened there, it wasn't like New Mexico felt the brunt of it. Mm-hmm. El Paso in Texas, because that's the way the Rio Grande Goes flows. Down. So, right. Yeah. So it was only like a little. I, I thought it was a little. Excessive. Yeah. Well, just a little. Making it all about yourself where this thing happened and maybe there's some negligence going on. I imagine there'll probably be lawsuits about that. But it was mostly the the El Paso portion of the Rio Grande that got the worst of it, not the New Mexico part. And uh, another story on the front page says that uh, people are going back to work in Juarez despite the fact that there was 
this warlike violence that was going on. And people have uh, decided they've got to get back into work. They had shut down schools last week. There was some prison violence at Cerezo Building Building Three. Three, right. Somehow that spilled over into the streets, which a lot of people that we know that uh, contacted us said it was like nonstop gunfire. It sounded like war zone mm-hmm. or civil war. Civil war. Civil war is what somebody said. Uh, bank customers are going back to uh, banks. Schools are open. Major streets packed with traffic. But three inmates were killed during that riot. The Mexican army ended up sending about 600 troops to Juarez in the wake of this. So uh, the word they're using here for what happened last week, narco-terrorism, which is nothing new for Mexico. And especially Juarez. I mean, it's nothing new, but uh, this was a a shocking few days of violence there. And I don't think the story is implying that things are getting back to normal, just that people are going to have to do what they have to do, and and they hope that the violence cools off a little bit. All right, you ready for a neckline call or two? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Man, Buzz is putting the word in Buzz kill with with the shows that he's watching. He's probably just waiting for the Oklahoma Sooners for football season and for the team to get spanked by the Texas Longhorns. Hook him, baby, hook him. I'm I'm very very anxious for the college football season. Yes, I plan on being at the uh, Sun Bowl for the first game. Me oh, too. Really? Yeah, somebody invited me. Did they invite me as well? You know, we're not a package deal as much as you might uh, <laughs> wish that were the case. So it didn't come up. Do you want me to see if I can get you an invite? Yeah. What if you have to sit down in like a lesser section? Like we're. <laughs> but I mean, he's going to leave anyway. Yeah, I'm not going to drive you back. You oh, that's right. That's right. Nico doesn't stay. He just likes to go and see, be seen. Check it out. I, I, I have bad ADD too, so it's very hard for me to oh, sit around okay. places. Only about 6,000 tickets left. If you want to go, get your tickets. You tap. What do they call it? Fill the sun bowl. Hashtag. Fill the bowl. Oh, I'll, fill, I'll fill the bowl. Been doing that the past couple yeah. of years. Howdy. My name is Kevin. First of all, I've been listening to y'all for over 10 years. Love the show. Oh, thank you. And maybe been on air once when my wife was doing the photography for Brandon's wedding. All right. Oh. I remember that. I had to call in relation to the podcast, or rather the on-demand that it has been named. There are many out there like myself and ODG who want to listen to the Buzz Adams Morning Show, even though we are so far away. I personally haven't lived in El Paso since 2015, and I'm currently about a 26-hour drive away from y'all in Florida. But I have been able to listen consistently through the on-demand. Even though I've lived near some big cities, most of the time the radio stations just don't quite compare to this show. And for lack of a better term, Buzz's antics. (laughs) So, Joanna, I know you got a lot on your plate. We appreciate you. Please keep the on-demand going. Nico, I'm glad you're here. I like the after Buzz. It's fun to hear the uh, relationship between you and Buzz. I don't know what else to call it. (laughs) Megan, welcome to the show. Hang in there. It's a wild <laughs> ride. All right. Aw, thank you. Well, that's great. That I just can't sweet. imagine anything that, awesome. that I'm more complimentary <laughs> than that. Yeah, that was very nice. So, Nico, 
and Joanna. It's kind of like a team effort. You guys are making and sure I'm that... And I'm here to help now, too, Buzz. I'm learning the ropes. Yesterday was a big day. I learned a lot yeah. from Joanna and, and Nico, and we're going to... I'm going to help out, too, so... The podcast, it's going. It's going. Spe- specifically the Buzz On Demand. Yep. Every day. Yep. All right. People count on it. People do. Count on it. I, I, right. A lot of Michiganders now listen to... Oh, Ooh. is that right? Yeah. Oh yeah, Michiganders, Michiganders is what they call them. Take a gander at those Michiganders. Them. Are there Michigooses? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's good for the Michigander is good for the Michigoose, as the old saying goes. Ah, <laughs> uh, we should probably take a break on that. Uh, <laughs> go out strong. Leave them wanting more, Buzz. Uh, I got one more call though. Had a question since Buzz had a colonoscopy. <laughs> about how many people have uh, do this? Uh, how, uh, how many? How many people actually when when have to do their business and they have to do the final, the final? Uh, I guess I'm going to tell you. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> I didn't preview the entire thing, but I don't like where it's headed. You know, why do how many people actually like bunch up the toilet paper? How many people fold the toilet paper? And how many people actually pull the toilet paper, fold it again, and reuse it again? Serial killers, for sure, do that. Wow. Are we talking about wiping? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is this all related to your colonoscopy? (laughs) I I mean... I think it it sparked a debate in his mind, this call. It was just a question. uh, You know, Buzz had that uh, colonoscopy. Just just wondering. Wanted to know. Thank you. You know, your, your colonoscopy made me really wonder about people's bathroom habits, you, so let's think about that. I just hope you're wiping, all right? It, yeah, just do that. Right, as long as you're doing it, I think that's the big part. Nobody cares how. Where you bunch it up and then use the other side. Oh, that was a thing, because... Who ra- bunches it up? Who bunches it up? Like, make a little snowball out of it. Ew. Ew. What do you do? You fold. fold. Yes. Yeah. I bunch it up, make a little now, snowball. Now, bunch it up mean, just makes a mess. Yeah. I think I do like a combo. (laughs) I mean, I don't fold it nicely, but I don't aggressively bunch it up. I want to acknowledge that this may not be everybody's idea for breakfast. Yeah, how did he get us talking about this? (laughs) This is not breakfast conversation. So sorry. Now I, now I'm wondering if I'm doing it wrong. Yeah, I thought that that's what I've always been. You make a little like a, like a ball out of it, and then you're, you're messing with the surface oh. area. You want to fold it, increase the surface you wanna area. You want like a, a flat surface yeah. area to combat whatever you need. There's too many crevices, and folds exactly. that you're going to just bunch it up. Wait, but you're still saying that a bidet is superior. Yeah, I want a bidet, you guys, yeah, so badly. It's definitely superior. It's water. You can listen to uh, Emily and I's What the Buzz. There's an episode entitled Bidet Dreams. Ooh. So, (laughs) where I talk extensively of how much I want a bidet. I want to do. I um, want one too. Oh, I get a daydreams. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. How about if we did uh, a separate podcast? It's about nothing but bidets. We do it in Australian accents and we call it Bidet, mate. How about that? Always looking to entertain the potential audience out there. All right, let's take a break. We're going to come back and we'll have more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show on the way right after this. It looks like everyone has agreed on one important point, gentlemen. And that is West Texas is the best Texas. 
The Buzz Adams Morning Show will be back right after this. That's awesome. 95.5. KLAQ. Are your energy bills so high you say what when you open them? It's time to go solar with SunWatt. SunWatt sells solar panels, installs them, make sure your home runs on the energy provided. They also service their panels and they'll even service panels that were put in by somebody else. As your local solar provider, SunWatt promises transparency, fair prices, and professionalism. All their products come with a 25-year production warranty. What better city to harness the energy of the sun than the Sun City? Call SunWatt Energy today at 915-300-0411. 300-0411 or visit wattener.com, W-A-T-T-E-N-E-R.com. Live from the KLAQ studios, courtesy of Glasheen, Vias, and Interman Personal Injury Lawyers, 915-590-1900, The Buzz Adams Morning Show. Megan has news headlines coming up shortly. I feel like we should uh, let everybody know about the weather. It's been raining overnight. Roads are very slick. Yeah. It's Probably going to be a few accidents. So, you know, it's going to... The, the puddles, the, it just rains for a minute and they already inch up there. So be careful. Uh, we've had some pretty good rain overnight. So, you know, take some extra time getting to work. I don't want to say El Paso loses its mind at the first sign of a few raindrops but a little bit my husband my husband reminded me what to do in the rain today and i reminded him i have survived in rain before but it's true people here i mean listen when it doesn't happen a lot then <laughs> right you don't think about it a lot but yeah bring the umbrella did you get, drive slow did you ever get really good at driving in snow yeah you, i did until my eyesight started to fail <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i mean i was good you know I was good in my 20s. Do you ever have to put chains on your tires? No, but, uh, you know, many people did every year. But I didn't. I never had the big trucks or anything. I always had the cars that were hor- horrendous in the rain or the snow. So that's, that's why I, I can drive here well. Yeah, wait till there's a little bit of ice on the road and you've got to go up a hill. I know you live on this side oh of town. Gosh. There's some of those hills. Like when we've had ice before, it's like, forget it. Yeah, don't You're even try. Don't even you know try. what I'm talking about, Nico? Yes. Some of the hilly parts of, I, I'm thinking specifically of the west side, but it, I guess it could be other places too. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> El Paso has not been built for <laughs> rain or snow. Uh, take extra precautions, maybe even take some extra time getting to work today, looking for a chance of those thunderstorms throughout the day today, overnight, and then tomorrow. We've got some uh, thunderstorms in the forecast for Friday and Saturday as well. So, uh, just get ready. Looks like we're going to have some uh, consistently some rain every day in the forecast. El Paso weather brought to you by Painted Dunes Desert Golf Course. You can set up all your tee times and reservations online at PaintedDunes.com. That's PaintedDunes.com. Or you can call them 821-2122. That's 821-2122. All right, here's an item out that says that the average person will use 126 different emails over the course of their lifespan. <laughs> jo- Joanna, weren't we just giving Buzz a hard time for only having one email his entire life? You only have one. As far as I know, yeah. It's his work email, which he uses to sign up for, like, 
letters everything. and everything. <laughs> Newsletters, emails. The average person yeah, will have how many? 126. Come on. There's no way you've had more in your life. There's no way you've had more than 10 emails, right? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have? Oh, yeah. I have a bunch of fake ones. <laughs> <laughs> to get those discs at the, the 10%. free trials, yeah. 15% off. Oh, yeah. Well, this study's found that for the average person, <laughs> the answer is now 126. Uh, so I guess everybody could think back on how many you've already had. That includes the first email you came up with, which is this one. <laughs> <laughs> and Buzz is like, Buzz and at KLAQ.com. It's the only one I have <laughs> since they invented email. <laughs> you know, then you replaced it with one. Uh, then maybe you did something to make it look more professional, you know. You had, you went to school, you got a job. Grunge a, Lord 6969, yeah. you know, you yeah. didn't want that to be your email address. Blazer. Yeah. <laughs> Blazer 1997. Yeah. Flirt alert. <laughs> Flirt alert. <laughs> you know, that's been used before. Joanne and I were talking about that yesterday. Yeah, Our we a- first AIM. Our very first AIMs. Screen names. Screensaver. Or screen names. You were Flirt Alert? Flirt Alert. <laughs> I think I was Flirt Alert 267. And I think I spelled Flirt with the U. Flirt nice Alert. alert. <laughs> nice Flirt Alert. Wee-oo, wee-oo. Let's see if there are any, any accounts that I might be forgetting. Any emails you had through school. Oh, that didn't exist. When I was in school, that didn't happen. He's uh, number two pencil. Um... Uh, all the jobs you've ever had have been at the same job for 30, 30 years this year. That's 30 years. Congrats. Any website domains you bought. Yeah. Any side hustles or small businesses you've started. Any dummy accounts you created just to sign up for stuff without getting spam. Well, that's what I had to do. I had to have just an account that I give whenever they say, what's your email? Yeah. Because it's gotten to the point now where it's like, you know what? It's my work email. I don't want to be getting spammed there, but... It's also your everything email. It, it is. It's what they, you used to sign up for Netflix. I mean, <laughs> if you ever got fired from this job, you couldn't use Netflix anymore. What? <laughs> Why do you think automatically it would be, I got fired? You don't think I could up and quit one day? <laughs> Why does your brain automatically go to me getting fired? I don't think you would ever willingly quit. <laughs> That's funny. The NBA is not going to schedule any games on November 8th because it's election day. They want people to get out and vote. And I'm sure that has already been weaponized by somebody somewhere. I know. I was just thinking that. The government's cheating. There's got to be some The government's letting you vote? Dark web. They're canceling basketball games so you can vote? Here's the story that Robert De Niro is going to play rival mob bosses in a new movie. He's going to play both gangsters? Yes. Real-life rival mobsters Vito Genovese and Frank Costello. Oh. Wasn't Frank Costello the one in The Departed? Was Well, he was supposed to be Whitey Bulger. Yeah, he was based on Whitey Bulger, right? Is but this... It, oh, sorry. 
Got none. I was just wondering if it's disrespectful to the twin community that <laughs> that he's not really. He's twin. not really two people. Right. Well, That's they're taking not twins jobs either. away from, from twins. Oh, they're not twins. No, in the movie, Vito Genius and Frank Costello are not twins. Well, they're not they're related. Played, but they're, they're not oh, related. At all. I don't know why well, no, that no, thing no, would I, be. It doesn't need to be twins. But, the, but he's one person playing two people. <laughs> they couldn't find somebody well, else who looks like two Robert people? De Niro. Right. They couldn't find anybody in the twin community that looks more like. Anyway. Well, he'll probably be wearing make different makeup for both of them. For the two gangsters, Vito Genovese tried to have Costello killed, and the attempt failed, but it forced Costello into retirement. So, I guess we're going to see De Niro trying to whack himself off? <laughs> isn't, that what, isn't that what they say in gangster talk? <laughs> nice uh, self-pleasuring joke. It's going to be directed by uh... Barry Levinson, who's been making movies for a long time. He did Rain Man, The Natural, and Good Morning Vietnam. And the script was written by Nicholas Pileggi. Uh, he wrote Casino and Goodfellas. So the book, the books that, that Goodfellas and Casino were written by, or were based on, were written by this same guy. guy. Also, Goodfellas, Casino, felt very similar. But why can't, why? cast the same actor unless was it like notable that these guys look so much like each no, other that you need to get the same no, actor they don't to do look it? at all they look nothing alike is it an adam sandler uh situation where one of them's playing the sister <laughs> you well, I would, that movie? I, yeah jack and jill the worst movie ever made <laughs> anybody maybe is it a serious movie because it seems uh, kind of weird I would, I would say this would you not say robert de niro is the epitome of italian gangster portrayal the epitome? Yeah. I'd say the late Paul Servino, probably. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, both. He's definitely yeah. one of them, sure. Maybe they just wanted something like that to... There was nobody of equal stature to Robert De Niro who could play Vito Genese, and they had to get... Genovese. Genovese. How do you... Know? You're not Italian. You don't know how to say it. <laughs> the Genovese crime family is or, one of the or big Genovese. Crime... That's not how they say Genovese. it. Genovese. <laughs> what what's your point? That they couldn't have gotten hired Chaz Palamentary to play the other Italian guy? Yeah. That they needed Robert De Niro's weight behind both roles. They you know that movie The Irishman that was direct out on Netflix uh, Martin Scorsese last one. year? Yeah. The one that was three hours long. We're supposed to believe Robert De Niro aged something like fifty years in that movie. Just get a younger dude to play the younger dude. Did you ever see that one? It brought back everybody. It had him and Joe Pesci was in it. Mm -hmm. God, I even think Al Pacino might have been in it. Yeah. Like everybody who has ever been in a gangster movie. But they had them starting off when they're in their 20s, but they look like old men wearing wigs. <laughs> <laughs> because eventually they're going to age into the old men that they are. And it was that was a Scorsese movie, too. Mm -hmm. uh, tonight on television, America's Got Talent on NBC. At 7, Password is on NBC following that. Martin Short and Jimmy Fallon will be on Password. God, it, do you know anybody who's like, hey, I can't do anything on a Wednesday, Celebrity Password's on. <laughs> right. Does it seem like they're just putting these shows on Another so they have something remake. to go in this thing? Oh, my gosh. it's Something's going on. Game shows used to run during the day of, yeah. because you were pretty much trapped. If you were at yeah. home, you were probably a housewife or unemployed or elderly, you weren't going anywhere. You only had three channels anyway, not counting PBS. So they just put on game shows to have something to air. Now it's like primetime is just these game shows that were canceled 40 years I ago. Know, it's so weird. 
Is it just because they're so cheap? I think to yeah, make. Yeah, they're probably cheap to make, and they probably have great ratings. Do they? Because I can't think of anybody in my friend circle who's like, you guys, if you have not been checking out Password, <laughs> you're missing out. I don't know. And that I, means. My, my friends are not all <laughs> hip youngsters either. <laughs> I was going to say, nobody at the nursing home watches Shut any up. of these things. <laughs> Finally, uh, I don't know what this is all about, but there's going to be a uh, Snoop Dogg cereal for sale. Snoop Loops. Snoop Loops. Snoop Loops. Have, have Part you of heard? a complete breakfast, baby. Have you guys talked about it already? Yeah, no. yesterday Joanna had it in entertainment. So is it, jo- Joanna, what's the deal? Is it just like a promotional deal or does it come yeah, with it's to little... benefit one of his his charities? For the okay. homeless, yeah. Yes. Full of vitamin D-O-double-G. Yeah. <laughs> does, it have, does it have THC in it? it does no, not. it does okay. not. Right. That was the main question. That main no. question everybody would have. Right. Hey, what up? It's Snoop Dogg. Ready to start <laughs> your day the right way? Then you need new Snoop Loops. The only cereal that's fortified <laughs> with vitamins, minerals, and a little THC. See? Wow, I told man. you. I love this cereal. It's like so, um, tasty. And, um. Is that little kid high? Um, Yep, Snoop Loops is the good (laughs) stuff kids go for. And the great thing about Snoop Loops is when I get the munchies from eating Snoop Loops, I can just eat more more Snoop Loops. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. New Snoop Loops. More Snoop Loops, please. They're so tasty. That's a funny word. Tasty. 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 What's it mean, man? In the cereal (laughs) aisle. All right, let's take a break. I think Nico's Snoop impression was better <laughs> than, than the. Oh, that was the real Snoop. We got him to do that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, totally. <laughs> We're going to take a break. Megan McCormick has news headlines on the way next. That's right. Coming up in news, hundreds of criminal cases are being dismissed in El Paso after a failure to indict. What we know, what you need to know about that coming up next in news. Take a quick break. We'll be right back. I can't wait. More of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is coming up. If you're looking for a great place to hang out, it is Silo Bar for the West Side. Silo Bar is a great place to go. You can go if you're straight from the gym or the golf course or if it's a fancy night out. Beautiful bar. They have craft cocktails and better than bar food, shareable style dining. And it's right there on the corner of Donovan and Sunset at the substation. So find Donovan and Sunset. Look for an actual silo. The silo bar is right next to the big silo. You can't miss it. The Buzz Adams Morning Show, Monday through Friday, 5 to 10. KLEQ and KLEQ HD1, El Paso, a town square media station. Here's the latest news from around the world to right in your own backyard. Here's Megan McCormick with KLAQ News Headlines on the Buzz Adams Morning Show. <laughs> that always trips me up. Every oh, single time. Hey, you're the one who wrote that. I know. <laughs> All right, time to get to our uh, news headlines with Megan McCormick. Good morning, Megan. Good morning, Buzz. Criminal felony and misdemeanor charges against nearly 100 people were dismissed on Monday by a jail magistrate because El Paso District Attorney prosecutor, prosecutors had not taken action on their cases, followed by another 100 cases dismissed yesterday and hundreds more expected later this week. 
The dismissals are known as an Article 32.01, a statute in Texas law that is meant to help ensure the right to a speedy trial, where prosecutors must indict a person arrested within about 180 days after they are put in custody. Monday's dismissed charges ranged from DWIs to assaulting police officers to drug possession. About one in four of the dismissed charges were against people accused of assault family violence. The dismissals also meant that any protective conditions imposed on someone as part of their bond were removed, which could have immediate implications for alleged victims without protective orders in place. It could mean essentially women who have protective orders against a spouse or a significant other uh, may now not have that protection. Now, Texas Representative Joe Moody was very vocal about this on Twitter. Um, the story broke on Monday, and this is what he said in response to it. He said, what's unprecedented is the lackadaisical approach and failure to take responsibility by the DA. This isn't a story about what a judge or public defender did. It's about the DA failing to do the basic job of the office and then trying to blame anyone else and everyone else. Uh, this is a major story, and and we... We don't know much, but what we do know is that this business uh, is not getting accomplished. And it sounds like it's got to be some failure in leadership, so the district attorney. And a lot of people but, seem like they're afraid to speak out about it, too. A lot of, a defense lot of people attorneys, in the legal community yes. don't want to talk about it. Well, it's probably why it takes somebody like Joe Moody to find, to say something about it. But, you know, uh, the district attorney was in court uh, for the prosecution of the Walmart shooter. Mm -hmm. And the judge, this was a few weeks ago, just unloaded on her. Just let her have it about the number of cases that are walking, the number of cases that they're not following up on. And it really makes you wonder, uh, apparently... The DA's office is going out of town to get lawyers to prosecute mm -hmm. uh, the Walmart shooter. What's going on? And I think, I think the people of El Paso deserve some answers on this, even though they haven't really been forthcoming. But it's almost to the point if if the district attorney feels like there's just too much or it's a bigger job than they plan, I think they should just come out and say it. I'm not up to this job. It is time for me to step aside because that's. It looks like it's that dire. Well, she ran on the platform for, for district attorney of, I will prosecute the Walmart shooter. I will be the person to get this done. And the fact that it hasn't, and the, the judge yelled at her for the things that she hadn't she filed. Hadn't filed she any motion. Filed any single, motion. You know, went down an entire list of things that had not been done. Not a single thing had been done, according to the judge in that case. And then you find out, well, it's not because you're so busy prosecuting these other day-to-day -day crimes because 100 people just walked. Right. And from what we hear, about 300 more are ready to walk <gasps> later this week. About 400 total this week, yeah. And as, a, and as of April 20th, there were more than 5,300 cases. Honestly, at, what's going on? Somebody at what the, point do you say the, the DA needs to be recalled? I mean, this needs to get sorted out somehow. I, the DA's I think office. it needs to be a bigger story, so we're covering it today. It was in the paper today, but it was on page 8. It wasn't on the right. front page. Uh, we got a call. You know, maybe we'll get somewhere with just by taking a call. Here's Ben. Hi, Ben. Hi, Ben. Hey, how you doing? Doing um, good. We're just wondering what's going on, why the DA's office is not doing the job that the DA's office is expected to do. What's the holdup, and do they have any plan to get back on track? Right, and um, so uh, that's the same question that I have for the district attorney's office. They work for us. 
You and right. I both, we all know that. But uh, one question I have for you, Buzz, is you said something about that nobody is willing to speak out. Do you know, I mean, what do you mean by that? Well, Nico said that. I think Nico had looked for a few people maybe to go on the record and talk you about. Know, defense you know, defense attorneys there, or there prosecutors or, or current judges. Uh, judges aren't allowed to talk yeah, about. Yeah, judges aren't allowed uh, to but, talk about. But a retired judge could. But you just don't find a lot of people who are willing to come out and explain what's the breakdown. There's obviously something broken in the district attorney's office. Right. And Nico, you said you, you reached out to a few people and they very much... Hey, I, you know, it's probably better if I don't. Well, they they would say things like, uh, "Off the record, these are my right. thoughts," but uh, they they still have defense attorneys still have to work with the district attorney's <laughs> office. Apparently, nobody's working with the district attorney's yeah, office, right. right? If they're not getting anything done and they're letting hundreds of well, people walk, they didn't even show up to a hearing on Monday. They, the DA's office sent a paralegal, and and the judge said you need to have a prosecutor. Uh, present and they he said, said he said the prosecutors are slammed and they can't be here so I, there's there's definitely not a lot of you know you can't there's not a lot of uh transparency I mean, going on ben do you have any <laughs> insight at all into what's no, I, going I, on? Have, I have i have no i have no insight at all but it, but it really just uh, it does make me very very upset because as i mentioned earlier we pay these people to to prosecute uh, uh offenders well we elect uh, them too and, Elect them and pay them. I'm sorry? No, just make it your point. Yeah, they need to do their job, especially where it's something where you're letting possibly violent offenders go. Like nothing on the record. Exactly. Any kind of protective order Mm -hmm. that that goes out as soon as they they don't don't do the work it goes out the window right and i think at this point maybe we just need to start raising a ruckus over this because i do feel like it is the undercovered story in el paso in 2022 excuse me but but this is el paso texas nobody speaks out here in el paso texas i mean people like you people like myself are it's a very limited amount of people who speak out here in el paso yeah but if you squawk enough it'll get some attention so well and the ben the da's office is a very important part of a functioning city and for 30 years we had one da didn't we buzz before before her yeah, Jaime Esparza had been the DA for over 30 years. So we, have, you know, we're, we're now coming with coming up with these issues because we didn't need to focus on those issues before. It seemed like well, it was if, working. If you can't get the job accomplished, and I'm addressing this to the district attorney's office and to the district attorney, if you can't do it, it would be better for us as the people, for the safety of the city, and I think in the long term for yourself, if you admit it as much, I'm not up to the task. Correct. And, yeah, you know, definitely. All right. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Thanks. Right, thanks, Ben. Sure. Yeah. I, you know, I think uh, this is a thing that we've realized is a crisis situation that's going on in the El Paso DA's office. And maybe it's just it hasn't been tough. I mean, we can't we can't continue with indictments just being let go like that. Four hundred every week. I mean, that's our system would just crumble like that. Is there some kind of breakdown between law enforcement and the DA's office? I mean, we'd heard some of that before that, you know, there was some kind of uh, breakdown in, in communications. Look, you got to work together even if you're opposing each other. That's what goes on in district attorney's offices around the country, but it's not happening here. Uh, like it, Some of it's a mystery. I got to be honest with you. Some of it is an absolute mystery. It'd be nice going. to hear from her, Yvette Rosales. Sure. Uh, I- invitations out there. Uh, Victoria. Hi, hi, Victoria. Hi, Buzz. Hi. How are you doing? doing good. What's up? I mean, I really don't know if this has something to do with what's going on. 
But I kind of remember from a few years, not a few years ago, I want to say at least a couple, that there was an issue with the Attorney General's office. They had thought that, uh, that I think there was a lot of Attorney Generals that were murdered all at once. And it was a cause that they thought that they were, what is, how do you say, undercover? In a way, or no, not undercover. They were committing fraud. Like they were taking money from child support. People that were like, oh, child support. Wait, wait, are you saying that this is a story that was specific to El Paso? Yes, yeah, about two, two years ago, because I was actually going through... Uh, a case and it had been I want to say at least three years I was waiting just to it was even before the pandemic happened and of course they blamed the pandemic saying like oh no we we have to wait for your case because this happened but then I had found out that apparently a lot of the people were murdered uh, I, I mean that's that, that would be a serious development I'd have to find out about that but definitely I think thank you Victoria I think it yeah, it's fair to be stated that the pandemic, you know, they were doing a lot of mm-hmm. stuff via Zoom. And the, back, the backlog the, there was, was a backlog, bad. of course. But they haven't found their footing. And Correct. it doesn't look like there's any indication that they're heading in the direction to find their footing. Oh, and they got 400 not, indictments. It's not tenable. This is not sustainable. They've got to fix something. Whatever's broken over there, they've got to get busy and we need to start hearing more about this in the news i think yeah we'll continue to follow it absolutely the el paso county attorney's office obtained a court order to temporarily shut down what he called mansion party business the county attorney's office alleges unlawful activities have occurred there since april including the sale of drugs underage drinking prostitution and aggravated assaults the property is located at 5081 fort defiance in the montana vista area otherwise known bfe it is so far out there. You would you'd be surprised that people live that What's far BFC, out. What's BFE stand for, Buzz? Butt flipping Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> the county alleges two companies, Mansion Promotions and GMT Promotions, use social media to advertise these mansion parties and then Mansion Promotions. People. For entry and Nico was doing a little research, and he said there were a lot of uh, Instagram handles. Yeah, there's too many. Inst- I was trying to find uh, mansion party promotions because those are the people running these parts. Okay, so at this point, these aren't house parties. This is like a professional production company asking for people to pay a cover to a house. So you pay when you go to these parties? Yeah, like these are like pay. pay these are like clubs that you pay to get into. What do you, what do you pay? I don't know. Could it be? I tried to find the. Could it be a hundred bucks? It could be. I bet fifteen-year-olds don't have that. I bet they don't like have all the like the health code and the fire code and everything no, else. No, nothing's up to code. Yeah. Like a business has <laughs> right. Nothing's up to code. I'm wondering, boy. I would like to know more about if anybody knows if you've been to one of these mansion parties. Megan, did you say that yeah. one of your friends was I, like? They're actually pretty fun. Yeah, oh, they yeah. say, I'm sure yeah. they're fun. Uh, illi- there's all kinds of illicit, illegal activity involving drugs and alcohol going off in the in a mansion with three swimming pools in the middle of the desert. Of course, they're going to be fun. <laughs> are you kidding me? But they're also, there have been a lot of assaults. There have been robberies. There have been car break-ins. There's been a murder. Well, I think they're now calling it an accidental death at this point. Well, but. and the age range of the people going to these parties apparently is 15 years old mm-hmm. to 26. 
What else do we got? We probably well, the, should break after this story. The but. owner of Mansion Promotions, Gabriel Chavez, is a registered sex offender. Him and his mom, Priscilla Chavez, who owns the house, are currently under indictment for three counts of money laundering. The temporary restraining order will be in effect through at least August 29th. All right, well, as long as wait, it's on wait, the wait, up Wait, 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 wait. What happened to the owner that was the cocaine, I mean, the, the narco dealer? He's in prison. But is it that, who, who are these people, the mansion people? These people are the ones running the business that sets up mansions that have... But parties. how do they have the access? How do they have access? Promotions. How do they have access to the mansion? Probably. It sounds like they're all a family. I don't know for sure, but whoever's in jail must be related to Gabrielle and Priscilla. I, I, can, I cannot imagine just a regular mansion owner saying, I'm yeah, going to be out of cool. town this weekend. Throw a big, crazy drug orgy at my house while I'm not there. So there, I don't know what's going on, but... It, that happened at your house all the time. <laughs> yeah, when you lived there. <laughs> all right, yeah, let's take your a, news. I'm Megan McCormick. Oh, we're out of time. Oh, do you want me to do more after? <laughs> yeah, maybe. We got guests we'll coming in. We're going to talk El Paso Film talk Festival. Talk a little national news yeah. after the break. I, I just feel like it was not. You it, it wasn't fulfilled. Finished. You know what? I freaked out a little bit, and I said the tag, and I, I shouldn't have said the tag. Yeah, take back the tag. I'll, ta- I'll take it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we reversed it. We'll take a break. More of the Buzz Adams Morning Show right after this. Good morning. It's nice to see you all again. Oh, my. Right, we've got a few more stories. We're also going to have guests in talking about the El Paso Film Festival, which is coming up. The Plaza Film Festival is what we just had. And the El Paso Film Festival is more for, like, filmmakers. Mm. Uh, and there's a, there is a growing uh, movement of filmmakers in El Paso. Nico is just promoting that uh, they're coming in for El Paso Film Festival. And I was saying, you were telling me, the Plaza Film Festival is more like classic films. Yeah, I and think it's... The El Paso Film Festival is more about like filmmakers. Film, El Paso filmmakers, makers from the area, um, and the, the, you know, not just them either. I mean, there's submissions from all across the country. Uh, but yeah, it's more about the filmmakers themselves. All right, well, we will have them uh, coming in to talk a little bit. I've got an update on the Banana Republic guy, the... Uh, Guy running for Congress in North Carolina, Republican Bo Did Hines. he finally find a shirt in his size? <laughs> no, but a statement from his campaign came out and said, of course it's a joke, but you dumb Democrats wouldn't get it. So right. this, this guy, uh, Bo Hines, is like 24 years old, 25 years old, something. I think college football player. He played uh, football at North Carolina State and transferred to Yale. Oh. All right. Smart so cookie. He's on, and they're talking about the Mar-a-Lago raid. Maybe you've heard people comparing, oh, this is the kind of thing they do in a, a banana, banana republic. republic. So the, this candidate's talking about banana republic, but it seems very much like he thinks they're talking about the clothing store. Tell me if it doesn't strike you that way. You get to Congress. Is it going to be real? Are we actually going to be willing to defund? You know, a lot of people have likened the situation that's going on right now. Is you know we're, they say we're in a banana republic? I think that's an insult to banana republics across the country. I mean, at least the manager of banana republic, unlike our president, knows where he is and why he's there and what he's doing. <laughs> okay, so you get to throw some shade at Joe Biden, but also, do you think a banana republic refers to, <laughs> to a the store, store to the clothing store? It seems very much like that. <laughs> <laughs> but a statement came out uh, from his campaign advisors, and here's what the statement said. It's clear now that the American people can add, understand a joke to the ever-growing list of things Democrats simply can't comprehend. Well, I got to say, that was some high-level, really high-level deprecating humor. I mean, 
You were making that, fun of yourself you, at the same you, you time. Really had me thinking for a second that you thought Banana Republic refers to an actual Banana Republic store. <laughs> no. An insult to the store and the managers. <laughs> That's an insult to Banana Republic stores. Joe Biden can't even put a coat on by himself. <laughs> I challenge him to fold a bunch of shirts and put them you back on the display. You haven't even been to a Banana Republic, have you? When's the last time you went to Banana Republic? Isn't there one at the outlet mall? Yep, yep. Yeah, I've been in that one. There is one there. Yeah. All right. They don't make clothes in my size. <laughs> it's the same thing with Abercrombie Fitch. I can go in, but there's nothing that's going to fit me in there. <laughs> uh, all right, back to uh, other news stories. But the guy did go to Yale, so he graduated from Yale. So he must so be a smart cookie. Maybe. Or... I don't know. But football player, I mean, brings it down a little. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm not calling man. the guy Herschel Walker or anything. <laughs> All right. On to the next. The White House was buzzing with excitement on Tuesday as House Resolution 5376, also known as the, Infl- as the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, became law before signing. President Joe Biden had this to say about the legislation that will lower prescription drug costs. I'm about to sign the Inflation Reduction Act in the law, one of the most significant laws in our history. Let me say from the start, with this law, the American people won and the special interests lost. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer celebrated the signing of the Inflation Reduction Act. Also, the law passed the House, the law passed the House, the Senate, and with their slim Democratic majorities and with President Joe Biden's help. The president deserves tremendous credit for this moment. He knew precisely when to step in and when to let negotiations play out. Wyoming Representative Liz Cheney has conceded her Republican primary race to Harriet Hageman, endorsed by former President Trump. Is it Hageman or Hageman? Hageman is how I've heard it pronounced. Yeah. Again, Harriet Hageman. Hageman becomes the heavy favorite to succeed Cheney as Wyoming's lone House representative. While Cheney was once squarely behind Trump, voting with him more than 90% of the time over the course of the last election and then the events of January 6th, Cheney became one of Trump's strongest Republican critics, critics voting to impeach him for his role in the Capitol riot. In declaring defeat on Tuesday, Representative Liz Cheney said, no office is more important than the oath that the officials take. No House seat. No office in this land is more important than the principles that we are all sworn to protect. Cheney was one of just two Republicans who served on the House Select Committee that investigated the riot, eventually becoming the vice chair. She said, we must be very clear eyed about the threat we face, do whatever it takes to ensure that Donald Trump is never again anywhere near the Oval Office. She said that her work begins now. Tonight, Harriet Hegeman has received the most votes in this primary. She won. I called her to concede the race. This primary election is over, but now the real work begins. You notice what she did there. She won. She got she more votes. Yeah. So I conceded and called and congratulated her. This you is know, how you're supposed to do it. The way that America's supposed to run. There was a hidden message in that one, Liz Cheney. Well, if you're planning to go to Disneyland, prices are going up. Annual annual passes to Disneyland are being renewed at a higher price. The theme park said pass holders of the Magic Key can get their passport renewed Thursday. But the The price... The Magic Key. The Magic Key. That is the 
magic key. The two, <laughs> <laughs> the two cheapest passports will now cost $50 more, and the most expensive pass will cost an extra 200 Only those who already own a magic key are allowed to buy a pass this year. Disneyland says pass holders can renew their magic key passes. Wait, wait, what I, the hell is a magic key? I'm sorry. What is a magic key? Love? Joanna, if I expect anybody to know anything about Disney, Disney. it's you. What is a magic key? I have no clue. (laughs) Bud, do you know anything about your passes, Joanna, or if if you're going to get to use them? Yeah, I'm going to get to use them. Do you know if the prices have gone up or anything? No. With mine, because my passes were already bought. My trip is already paid for. Oh, so, okay. So nice. nothing's going up or anything. I think the magic key are they're unlimited. Like, they're like think like an annual pass. Yeah, an annual pass. You can go any day. It's like a key party. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to show up and say, "I am the key master. Are you the gatekeeper?" <laughs> Ghostbusters, guys, come on. All right. Reports say play yeah. has been made to keep the PGA Tour together and solid. At BMW Championship in Wilmington, Delaware, Tiger Woods met with the top golfers in the world to rally support for the tour as it faces increased competition with Live Golf. Sources say many of the top 20 players in the world will be there, along with a handful of other influential PGA Tour members who haven't defected. Today, another meeting is scheduled between PGA Tour members and Commissioner Jay Monahan. I can really get get in the weeds on this one. Oh, is that your hit right now? Was that the yeah, sound? that was me. Yeah, it ended up in a water bottle. Oh, that's you? <laughs> no. Uh, but just that, look, Tiger is the most one of the most respected in golf. You know, if you're going to get Tiger Woods out there, if you're going to get anybody out there to pitch for the PGA Tour, it's right. Tiger Woods, Jack, I guess. Jack not, Nicholas. Not Greg Norman anymore. Not Greg Is Norman. it Nicholas or Nicklaus? Nicholas. Nicklaus. Nicklaus. I've Jack heard Nicholas. like early in his career. It's not Nicholas. Like, I've I've heard some of them like early in his career, and they would enunciate. They would call him Jack Nicklaus. Nine hole Jack yeah. Nicklaus. I think it, like in the early seventies, they just got lazy and just said Nicholas. Yeah. So that's what I hear all the time. And now you're just calling him Nick. Um, just call him Jack. So what's the deal? If you sign to play for Live, why do you then have to show up for their tournament if they've already paid you up front? For the LIV tour. What do you mean? Well, like if you're Phil Mickelson and they paid you a hundred million dollars or whatever. Yeah. You gotta show up and play. Yeah. Or they take the money back or do they Maybe. not really give the money up front? I'm not sure what the, the, what the contract is. Or I know is they get it paid like you're regardless. guaranteed this money, then if you do win a tournament, whatever you're, do you get money on top of what you were paid? I know the money's guaranteed, but as far as the cash prizes, I don't I don't know what you'd get if you win. But your money is guaranteed. As long as you show up and you play, you are getting paid. It's not the PGA you have to win you know, you have to place a certain I, I think what might be going on now with people going over is like, look, they're gonna pay me a lot of money. This thing is gonna fold in two or three years and they'll let me back on the regular tour when it's all done. Like, you know, like how Carter let the draft Dodgers come back from Canada. <laughs> it's gonna be I think they will. I don't think they're gonna impose a lifetime ban on Well it would be Louis terrible Tazen for them. Or, yeah. I mean I don't think it would be I, I, have think a question, I think their their math in their head is I get paid, I'll play this thing, it's not gonna be around in a couple of years and then they will let me back on the regular Who tour. Cares? Golf things. Who cares about this drama? This is a bigger than golf story because you're dealing with, you know, 
blood money. Yeah, you're basically out of Saudi Arabia. Definitely has yeah. a lot. Donald more. Trump is involved. You I saw mean, how upset the family members of 9/11 victims were that the Saudis were holding a golf tournament at Donald yeah, Trump's is club. Yeah, but is that affecting the golfers? I mean, are they are they not uh, playing as good as they used to, or are they? Still, do they not care how they do at these little tournaments? I told you that anymore? finish on Sunday was one of the best finishes of golf tournament ever. Will Zalatoris gets his first win in a sudden death playoff with Sepp Straka. But none Joanna. of you care about any of that. When did we start doing golf? <laughs> when did we get into golf? Now, I know all these names. Because of me. Right? I'm, I, you know. And then somehow my phone hears that we're talking about golf. It starts and all the story. It starts stuff. giving me like articles and updates, and I, I, I didn't. Did. Or, or, or did maybe I'm just so on point with this really? stuff that it just reflects. Yeah. Now that you're noticing in the news, it's like, wow, Buzz was ahead of the curve yet again. You got your <laughs> ear to the ground. Always. Right? Yeah. With your news, I'm Megan McCormick. We got a special uh, message because we've had some uh, precipitation overnight, so we always like to get the word out. Hey, El Paso. Hey, it's raining. Slow down. You got to slow down when it's raining because you guys don't know how to drive. <laughs> slow down. I'm so afraid of you guys when you guys drive. I'm afraid to spit out the window because somebody will probably slip and slide. <laughs> slow down. It's going to be looking like a bunch of... Festival is up next. They just finished the, uh, I guess, the Plaza Film Festival, which is more about classic films, and the El Paso Film Festival is more about filmmakers. And we have uh, the executive, the uh, the artistic director for this year's film festival, Carlos Corral, who is here. Hi, Carlos. Hey, Buzz. How are great you? Great to see you. Yeah, great, great to, to be see back. you again. <laughs> and Jenny Robbins. My old friend Jenny, yeah. who's out in L.A., showing up and stuff all the time. <laughs> are you in? Are you in uh, the short film that Carlos made? Um, I am. I am. I am the. Uh, I'm the lead, and I. He got to let me help him write with, on it too, so that was a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, what's the name of the short film? It's down for D. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And do you for play D. D or the down for? <laughs> uh, I play D, but I'm also down for it. So. <laughs> 
So uh, tell us what the what the event is like. I know you had Robert Rodriguez in here a couple of years ago. That was a huge deal. Yeah, that was Robert Rodriguez. And, yeah, three years ago. Um, yeah, we're, we've been kind of coming back. You know, in 2020, we went sure. all digital. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a free event for everybody. Uh, 2021, everyone kind of like you know dipping their toes back in the water, and hopefully this year um, more people will come out. I'm I'm in the middle of confirming some new guests, uh, but of course getting ready to okay once I book their flight now you're actually coming so <laughs> I'm waiting to announce that once I get that done okay describe the event for me how many is it a, how many days does it uh, so it's uh, op- we open on Thursday night and it's uh, three days Friday Saturday Sunday and uh, we not only showcase local filmmakers here in El Paso but we also bring uh, filmmakers uh, from LA New York Austin um, mm-hmm. and pretty much anywhere in the US and a lot of them I what I try to do is find other El Pasoans who have gone on to these cities and are making their own films and I try to kind of bring them back as kind of the home beacon uh, for their uh, creativity. Are, are there any guests you'd like to let us know about now? Uh, are you? It starts this week? No, no, no. Uh, I'm I'm in the process of booking everyone and getting oh, things out. I was going to say, so, if you no. haven't got a book, and you say it starts Thursday, <laughs> no, not no, no, this no, no, Thursday. No, no. Okay. no, no, no. We're, we're scheduled for October. We're October, October 13th through the 16th. Um, I'm in the middle of... Uh, I, I guess I can say it a little bit. God, I hope nothing bad happens because I feel like if you say something, and it's yeah. like something bad happens. So uh, I'm working <laughs> to have a premiere uh, for a movie called Old Man that was directed by Lucky McKee, who's an El Pasoan, uh, and uh, I'm hoping to bring Stephen Lang in with him. Oh, so that Stephen they can, Lang, yeah, so he can come in and in- introduce the film. And that was a film that was actually done. You know, uh, r- uh, I think the vaccine hadn't come out yet, so it was something that was done during the COVID era. So kind of bringing that out and now showing people what everyone was able to do. Uh, and Stephen actually, Lang is the main bad guy from Avatar, from yes. the James Cameron Avatar. Oh, yeah. yeah, he actually did two other movies here, Death in Texas, and then he also did Don't Breathe. I don't know if you've seen those. Don't uh, Breathe. Oh, I've so seen good. Don't Breathe 1, Don't Breathe 2. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so he's he's pretty he's pretty amazing actor. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a sweet guy. Uh, but yeah, bringing him here from, uh, he's flying in from Albany, New York. Um, so bringing him here, because actually we did post-production for this movie here in El Paso. Oh, nice. Um, so one of the connections that we have here. Where, where do you do that? Do you have a, a studio here, or do you do it all... Uh, no, actually, yeah, we, uh, me and a couple of other uh, filmmakers, including like Lucky McKee, Zach Passero, um, Andrew Semitic, we're all in a warehouse, you know, in downtown El Paso. Nice. Uh, and uh, yeah, we uh, as soon as things are being produced, whether it be documentary, feature films, a lot of stuff has gone on to big stuff like Sundance. Uh, there was a film last year called uh, First Date that actually is on Hulu right now that we did all the post-production for here in El Paso. So, is that wow. like feature-length uh, movie or short film? No, that's a feature-length movie. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, what what are you on the uh, the short film you did with Jenny? Are were you the director for that? Uh, actually, I was not the director. I was actually I was gonna direct it, but then decided, you know, last minute. I think I need to give it to uh, someone else. So I had my protege. Uh, her name is Humana Alvarez. Directed, uh, but I had also gotten Jenny involved in the writing of it because um, it was something I wrote during the pandemic. Uh, I wrote it about my neighbors. Uh, my neighbor's kid had this really awesome room, and we decided to write a story about it. Uh, but of we course, we said it there. We said it in that room too, which was pretty. The, the yeah. original room. The original room. Nice. Yeah. So, wow. but but of course, Wait, what was so awesome about some kid's room? So I got to know. Oh, he's got. Was you, like a, he's like an artist. So his room reflects that. Just he had strings hanging off the walls and like lighting everywhere. He had an old, uh, an old eighties, uh, one of those arcade games like sitting in his room. And even though I'm saying just these small things, like the way that he had it organized, like you could just stare at the wall and be like. 
is that a hundred dollar bills hanging off there? I didn't even notice that until just right now. Like, what's? Yeah, no. Yeah, it's. He's a really talented artist. His name's uh, Stephen Santamaria. He's he's my neighbor. But he, and of course, during the pandemic, we really got to know our neighbors. So uh, I asked him one day, I'm like, "Can we film a movie in your room?" And he's like, "Sure." And like, I'm like, "Okay, don't touch anything." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it needed like no set dressing. The the room was just as is. We're like, "This is uh, perfect." All right, let's go. Let's go shoot it. You're doing a lot of work with uh, the the booming film industry in New Mexico. Carlos? Uh, yeah, I'm doing that as well. So I've been uh, anytime there, there's a movie and I usually get called in to be either a boom operator or a sound mixer. So um, the most recent one I did was Dolph Lundgren's movie, Wanted Man. So I got to mix that, um, which was fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's always great working with the legendary Drago on an action film. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's kind of your area of expertise when you're working on something like that is the sound the sound yeah location uh location sound so production sound is is a little different from like post sound you know post sound you know you, you guys get to work with the boards and really design the audio uh production sound is all about you know capturing the actor's performance and vocals as quietly as possible um although, how much is overdubbed when you see like a big action movie is that just like everybody's uh, doing it the, the 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 lines later or are they doing it on set i'm confused about it's, that a little it, bit. it depends i so my job is to try to get it as clean as possible on a movie set without uh, dubs right? without dubs or if they're if they are going to dub it it's only because they need to layer on just another part of it on there because they'll at least know the performance is there so my job is to capture the performance as much as possible so if they need to overdub it later the actor has the reference of okay this is how intense i was this is what i was doing uh it does make it difficult when you know they don't take the sound mixer on the location scouts because then you realize oh okay they're on the side of a dirt uh, you know desert road <laughs> That desert road is right next to US 70. Oh, like, right. oh, dude, like I can't capture anything. Like I, I just hear honking, I hear trailers, I hear everything. So then that's when things would go back and be redubbed in case things. They don't. Like they don't ever mic up an actor on a on a set of a movie like you do if you're going to go on TV. Like if I'm going to be on local TV, they're going to put like a little uh, oh, no, a little can. clip mic. Do you guys do that? No, we do that. Uh, so I got to mic up Kelsey Grammer too. So I got to meet Dr. Fraser Graham. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I was like, oh my god, I, like cool man, and he's the sweetest guy. Uh, but yeah, so with, with film, though, you have to hide it in their wardrobe. So you have to figure out a yeah. way to hide it, but also at the same time make sure that you're capturing good audio and it's not rustling on their clothes, it's not making all this noise because the actors are always moving around. So there are techniques to do that. So you have to hide it more. And on TV, it's a lot easier. You just clip it on, call it a day, you know? Uh, one of the movies that n nobody's seen but everybody knows about that was in New Mexico was Rust, the Alec Baldwin uh, movie yes. where tragically... So you know a little bit about this, and we were just, uh, you know, I was asking naive question what just don't use a real gun like don't use a gun that fires anything why do they have to do it carlos why do they have to use anything that can even be modified to shoot real bullets uh a lot of it and, and again that goes to kind of an old school way of directing it's about performance um we uh, actually one of the first films we did after Rust was Locksmith, which was shot in Las Cruces with Ryan Phillippe. So on that one, the production uh, dictated that it would only be airsoft guns, so not, only things that shoot CO two. You know, nothing real. So we call those and, cold weapons. And, and was that af because the Rust incident had happened right? Before yeah, that? there were there were a lot of films in New Mexico that went from using we call them hot weapons when they actually fire blanks. Uh, that went to using cold weapons, so either prop ones or CO two, and we had to have you know all safety meetings. So everyone had to come see the gun everyone had to come see that it doesn't fire or it does fire and this is what what they look like no one touched them this belongs to either the props person or the armorist so there was just a lot more protocol um, but on screen do you think the average moviegoer is going to look at it and go those are just airsofts or they're not going to know are they 
Uh, how many people like guns that watch movies? A lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. But but you think it's more like I want a, this performance, so I want it to be a real gun that looks as you know authentic Deals, and yeah. makes a noise. And yeah, then at that point you're getting into shooting blanks or whatever. Yeah. So after um, after Locksmith, we did another film called Bad Hombres, which started to use blanks again, but we were only using. So they have different kinds of loads. There's quarter load, half load, full load, and they make different. Uh, noise uh, as far as how much load they have. But then when we were working on Dolph, Dolph Lundgren's movie, he was using full loads all the time on, on shotguns, on, on machine guns. Well, would you guns. expect anything <laughs> like yeah, from Ivan Drago? Yeah. Yeah. But, but a lot of the trust has to also go to the armorist, you know, the person who's in charge of those weapons. You know, you have to make sure that they're, you know, the blanks are solid, that they're not real weapons, they're not real bullets, anything like that. Because the thing is, is that they are real guns. They are very real guns that you put uh, blanks charges into them so um and that's why they jam sometimes blanks do jam guns so that happens sometimes on set uh but that's how you know that they're blanks so it's like okay the gun jammed that means that's kind of a safety thing um but yeah we we gather around we make sure we have meetings everyone inspects it they all look at it uh, they all hold it just so that they know that it's real and uh, so yeah, yeah do you do that in every movie or is this kind of like uh, abundance precaution since rust the- uh, it might be a, a precaution against w- after Rust, but it's what I've done the last three movies. So it seems to be new protocol, or at least the standard protocol right now. What kind of safety meetings did you have on Down for D? <laughs> <laughs> actually, there was an injury on the set of Down for D. Somebody um, went down too far for D. <laughs> actually, yeah, it was during a. It was during a. I don't know if I can. It was during a. A, uh, an intimate scene oh. uh, where somebody was a. Uh, can, I, can I say it? Should I say it? I, I, I don't know what you can say on the radio, but I, get, I can tell you what it is. It's, Wait, uh, what? Let's let the audience's imagination, then they can see the movie. Okay, okay. 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 Let's so there was an injury, I'm assuming some kind of carpal uh, tunnel situation. Well, no. Well, <laughs> so it, <laughs> I just made the gesture for it. Uh, but you know. You know what? So there's a there's a scene where she's watching her phone, uh, you know, watching some uh, some special movies okay. on her on her phone, and the uh, phone fell, falls. And it was it was written that way, but uh, but on one of the takes, it fell just right, and uh, I was I was like on the couch, like with an ice ice pack on my bloody lip from where the phone oh. hit me, just right. Yeah, which was great because I actually ended up using that take. I'm like, that's the most legit one. It hits you right. <laughs> Perfectly, sure. and it's something that I'm sure everyone has done at least once to themselves. Like a true actor, though, I kept going. I kept going at the scene. Well, and Jenny is not just an actor. Uh, actor, she's also a comedian, stand-up comedian. She left uh, El Paso and is doing stand-up in uh, in Los Angeles. And so, did you come it's back? A long time since Jenny's hosted Bingo Night. At yeah, right. Oh, dive bar. It was <laughs> pretty so elderly. So I miss that. <laughs> did you come back just to film in El Paso for this? Uh, for Down for D. Yeah, so for Down for D, I, I did come back just for that, which was which was great because it was during the pandemic and LA was was shut down. So um, a lot of the things that were going on over there, I was so grateful to have that opportunity just to play with Carlos and be creative and get to um, have that have that role. So yeah, Carlos uh, Carlos took care of me, and so I came well, down. and it's great too because I've worked with Jenny on several movies, so it was kind of like getting the band back together after the pandemic. So mm. it, I thought it was kind of fun because it was great to see all my friends again too. Totally. All right, so the yeah. the El Paso. Film Festival is coming up in in October. 
if people want to stay on top of the latest developments, you you know, once you lock in some of these guests and they're for sure coming, how could people find that sort of thing out? Uh, I will, of course, go to our website, ElpasoFilmFestival.org, sign up for our newsletter. And, of course, just follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You know, we put all of our announcements there. And uh, I'm going to really scream it from the top of the world. Of course, when we do get everything, I'll be yeah. calling you guys. Yeah, no, no, let that, us you know. know. <laughs> yeah, come back in when we've got it set because yeah, yeah. we want to know everything that's going to be there. And you buy tickets on a, on a show basis or a day basis? or for the entire uh, uh, the so, entire three-day weekend? So actually, you can do all three. Um, uh, on our website, we'll have uh, a single... Oh, we'll have uh, film passes and uh, VIP badges, so we also have parties as well that you guys can come to. But then if you just want to catch one show or two, you know, tickets will be available at the Plaza box office. So it's a Plaza awesome. Theater... Uh, it'll, be the, it'll be the Philanthropy Theater, which the, is the, the smaller one upstairs. Upstairs, yeah. right. Yeah, that one. And then we're also working with the El Paso Museum of Art uh, to work with them again. How many, if I were going to go there and I was going to watch as much as I could, how many how many minutes of film would I be watching with shorts and doc Ooh. I don't know if there's documentaries in there any feature length like how, how we have four documentary features uh, five narrative features and a lot of short films I'd say you'd be watching I don't know maybe like 10 hours a day 10 so. hours if you and uh, do they not overlap like they there's, uh, there's none of them going on at the same time there there's going to be two shows that go on at the okay. same time and that's when we're playing at the museum and at the philanthropy but most of the time though you're uh just going to be watching movies back to back so if you've uh, uh trained with netflix binging uh <laughs> right. this is a perfect just way to do it in binge person. but at the plaza theater upstairs yes and uh, Jenny, are you going to be performing today, by any chance? Oh, okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, you wanted me to bring that up. So, I, yeah, so I, I got my start off in stand-up uh, here in, in El Paso, but uh, I'm here for a little while because I'm kind of hanging out. So I, I did, I'm doing, uh, well, I'm coming back for this film festival, but while I was in town, I was also doing the uh, the 48-hour film festival. There's so much going on in film in, in El Paso and in... Uh, when I hear 48-hour film festival, I'm just thinking it's Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy back to back. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else in between. No, no Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> no down and out in Beverly Hills. Just forty-eight hours. Nothing but. Hey, it's a. It was. It's a pretty cool. It's a. You get a challenge where you have to create an entire film, start to finish. That means you get the topic, and you have to have the whole thing edited and turned in within forty-eight hours. Oh wow! If, in so, forty-eight hours, nobody sleeps. You couldn't sleep like with that kind of schedule going, yeah. right? Well, you know, I mean, it depends on on how great your oiled machine is. So, how good is your team? Are you how organized are you? And so we are. We got we got some sleep during. A, that sounds yeah. really fun and exciting. God, it's fun, yeah. and so that I'm excited to see just what all the filmmakers uh, in El Paso have have created. It's an international one uh there are 18 teams that competed so uh, that sounds like a lot of fun yeah <laughs> next week um next week we're or on the 25th we're gonna have a, a screening for that also at the plaza oh, yes. um so another showcase of el paso talent oh but yeah going back to uh to stand-up so I, I got my start in stand-up here in el paso and there's still there's so many shows going on so um i might pop in on uh some of the shows that are going on in town there is one tonight at uh mad hatter so there i know just one, one of, of the nico are you involved in that one it is nico free so everybody <laughs> <laughs> you, you know i, I kind of miss that man i loved doing your open N mic nico was doing a thing ago. earlier this year i gotta take a break guys it's always great talking to you but nico was doing it on the streetcars downtown and it was like holiday weekend or something, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he, people get on the streetcars, and Nico and Iggy and maybe some other guys are doing stand-up. So I called it the non-consensual comedy tour because <laughs> you get on that streetcar, you might not have planned for comedy, but with like it or not, you're getting comedy. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, let us know more about the schedule, Carlos, when it gets closer. I will. And uh, thanks for dropping by, guys. Yay, thanks for having yeah, us. Good having to see you. Let's take a break. More of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is on the way right after this. To call the Buzz Adams Morning Show, call our new phone number. 915-910-4995. Use that number to participate in the show or play KLAQ on-air contests. If I ever decide to sell my home, the only agent I'm going to go with is Brian Birds. You've heard me say it for years. Brian Birds and the home selling team powered by EXP Realty. Brian is the agent who guarantees not only to sell your home, but also to get the price that you're looking for and on a deadline that you both agree to. If he doesn't, then he will buy your home. He'll buy it himself. So that frees up a lot of peace of mind and frees up your next move. Let me give you one of the five-star uh, reviews. Rosalind was moving out of town, wanted to sell her West Side home. She went with Brian and his team to list the home because they had, help, had helped her buy a home in the past. Rosalind was very happy with how everything went. Often there are little bumps in the road when you're selling a house, and that was true, but Brian's team knew exactly how to handle each obstacle. So Rosalind has a success story, didn't have to worry. Uh, the home sold very quickly, $490,000 uh, she got. So... Call the only agent of the UTEP Miners and the El Paso Locomotives. The only agent I would call. Call Brian Birds today at 751-1500. That's 751-1500 online at brianbirds.com. Birds is spelled B-U-R-D-S. The Buzz Adams Morning Show, Monday through Friday, 5 to 10. KLEQ and KLEQ HD1 El Paso. A town square media station. A lot of talented people in El Paso. Sure are. Yeah. El Paso might be the next big thing. I think so. You know, like, like how that. New Mexico a few years ago. Nobody made a movie in New Mexico. Right. And now. Everybody's coming yeah. here. Well, California and, might fall off the grid soon. <laughs> so everybody's moving, moving east. And Austin, too. I mean, so it's not just like. Oh, well, Texas doesn't offer the same kind of incentives. Well, they probably don't, but still, a lot of a lot of the entertainment world is moving out to the Austin area. Totally. I have a bad... When was the last time you were in Austin, Buzz? Oh, you know, we used to go every year for South by Southwest, so we were always right in the middle of that. And it's been like three years, three or four years since I've been to Austin. You? I've never been to Austin. It's like the only place in Texas really? I've ever been. Yeah. You used to go to South by Southwest all the time? I didn't Every know that they've been having that for like 50 years. They have been having it actually for about 50 <laughs> really? years. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay, maybe 75. I meant 75 years. <laughs> I want to read a couple of stories. And then we've got the uh, Mo Show calendar on the way. Did you you guys heard that Jill Biden has COVID now? Mm-hmm. He did. Wonder where Everybody's she got getting. it from. <laughs> <laughs> the dog. <laughs> Uh, Florence Pugh and Zach Braff have broken up. And I just want to say no. that because it's, I feel like there was a lot of 
ageism. There was, and yeah. a lot of uh, age shaming going on. But she even this like she was outspoken against the ageism. Uh, I guess a lot of fans were always commenting on her photos. She couldn't even put a picture of her with, and Zach with, Braff without getting shamed. Oh, you went to go visit your grandpa, <laughs> like stuff like that. <laughs> That's so sweet. Yeah. Florence Pugh is twenty six. Zach Braff is forty seven. Is he the Scrubs dude? He's yes. the Scrubs dude. Garden State? Garden All State, right. dude. Because I feel like he's a guy that I would get confused with a bunch of other guys that are roughly the... Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who like else? Dak, Dak Shepard. I feel like Zach Braff, Dax Braff. <laughs> I could get those two confused really easy. So he's he's 21 years older than her. Uh, well, cool your jets, all you judges out there. Uh, they've broken up. And Florence Pugh... Uh, have I said publicly enough? I think she is the the greatest actress of her generation coming up right now. I mean, she's so amazing. Did you ever see a movie called Midsummer? Mm-mm. You know what the problem is? I I there's so little that comes out that I enjoy. I end up watching the movies that I do enjoy over and over and over again. Oh yeah. So I've seen Midsummer like twenty times. Um, Florence Pugh tells Harper's Bizarre quote. We've been trying to do this separation without the world knowing. Well, don't tell it to Harper's Bazaar if you're trying to keep the world from knowing. Because it's been a relationship that everybody has an opinion on. We just felt something like this would really do us the benefit of not having millions of people telling us how happy they are that we're not together. So we've done that. I automatically get a lump in my throat when I talk about it. Wait a minute. So did they break up or they're just like trying it out? Uh, I don't know. We've been trying to do this separation without, without the, world the world knowing. knowing. She but, said she in a Harper's an Bazaar. <laughs> I don't know. I just keep foot, shooting myself in the foot. I don't know I don't how know. everybody ends up knowing all my business. I forgot they were together, honestly. Joanna and I, I saw, saw it yesterday. And, I mean, I thought Zach Braff was still in his 20s. And then I realized <laughs> that Scrubs came out when I was in high school. Oh, no. Yeah. So he's not. And they broke up. So this is the month that the first CDs were made. The first CDs came out in August of 1982. I don't know if we could narrow it down to what day they came out, but here are some interesting facts about compact discs. The very, the very first CD was produced at a German factory in August of 1982, so roughly 40 years ago. The first CD to be released commercially came out of Japan in October of that year. So still 1982. Very first CD was 52nd Street by Billy Joel. That was not a new release. It had already been out for four years on vinyl, but it was the first record that they put out on CD. Uh, The first commercially produced CD player was the Sony CDP-101. In 1982... It cost a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars in nineteen eighty two. Money was you could About start looking at a good yeah. use a car. Million no. <laughs> <laughs> a million dollars. A million. I mean, seriously, it Based was probably on like, like of the current day. No, four thousand five hundred, yeah. five thousand bucks. Some of the deluxe players went for more than fifteen hundred dollars. Again, in nineteen eighty two, money. The prices started going down by the mid '80s. The average player sold for three hundred to six hundred dollars. 
the first CDs cost more than $20 a piece. But you're going to have to take out a second mortgage just to listen to your album. <laughs> Anytime there's new technology, it's the most expensive when it first comes out. I, I've got to find, I have recordings of me reading commercials for like a video rental place that would also sell you a, a VHS tape. And they were like 70 bucks back then what? To, buy, to buy a movie on video cassette would, would set you back like 70, 80 bucks. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Well, it was something only the super, you know, the idea that you could have your favorite movie, say it's Gone with the Wind. And watch it whenever you want. Pop it in and watch it whenever you want to. It was very, very revolutionary. Um, CD sales peaked in the year 2000. And shortly after that, that's when the slide began. But CD sales were actually up last year for the first time in almost 20 years. But that doesn't mean people were buying more CDs than they were 20 years ago. It just means there's been a blip. Bump, yeah. Why do you think that is? Why would people have bought more CDs in 2021 than they did in 2020? Well, I mean, the vinyl uh, trend seems to be going up, too. I mean, more bands are releasing uh, songs and albums on vinyl. Uh, maybe this is just the piggyback effect. I mean, maybe CD. Maybe people are tired of vinyl now, and they're like, "Let's let's get CDs are retro." How about that? Yeah, but isn't it just a lot easier to subscribe for a streaming service yes, for ten dollars, ten forty nine, and the quality is probably better. I don't know about that. Or, sim- or the same. I can right? tell you what's not better if you've got the ad supported one, because when my daughter puts her, she's got the ad supported Spotify. Oh, it's the worst. And it's like, it's the same ads. There's like three ads and they run nonstop. What are the ads? Betterhelp.com? Yeah, something like that. Nothing's worse than being at a comedy show and the, com- the host is using his phone for the music and then all of a sudden you hear betterhelp.com. <laughs> <laughs> um,. Yeah, but there's been a little a little bump in CD sales over the last year. When CDs came out, I felt confident. I was a little reserved at first. I didn't immediately throw all my albums because I had probably 200 albums on vinyl. I didn't throw them out because I thought, well, we'll see if the CD thing's a fad. And you're a hoarder. But then after a few years, the con- the, the the wisdom of the day was... They're just taking up space. Get rid of your vinyl. So I did. Sold them in a yard sale. I think somebody offered me 10 bucks for the whole kit and caboodle. <laughs> but then... Do you even still have a working CD player at your house? Like, if you needed one right now? Somewhere, probably. Like, if I needed a... Pl- yeah, somewhere I've got okay. something that... It, it's probably a thing that you can also stream. Like, it has Bluetooth. You could stream your music on it. But it also has like a CD player in it. Hmm. They were making those for a while there. Mm-hmm. I guess my car would be the only place I would have to be able to go. I don't think I have a CD player in my car. <laughs> I, no, honest. <laughs> when did I buy my car? Like four, five years ago? Yeah, four, five. Four, four, four years ago. Didn't come with the CD. It does not have a CD player in it. I can tell you that. Absolutely. It's a new world. It'll park itself. I can take my hands <laughs> off. And it'll parallel park itself. So that's pretty cool, but no CD player. Let's take a look at our MoShow calendar and daily almanac of events and find out what's going on today, August 17th. Today is Baby Boomer Recognition Day. So if you are a boomer, a tip of the hat to you, good sir or madam. Uh, Today's also Black Cat Appreciation Day. 
How many of your cats would you call black cats, Joanna? Out of um, all the cats you have. I don't have a black cat anymore. You don't have a... Oh, no. Not what anymore. happened? Kidnapped Alice by a witch Cooper to ride on its broom. <gasps> Who did? Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper passed away. Oh, I'm sorry so to hear that. She was the only black one. Mm. Yeah, but Penny's like half black, right? She's a half, yeah. She's, oh. she's a torty. A torty. Penny's the most incredible cat I've ever seen. Yeah, she's real pretty. Right down the middle. Yep. Black on one side, white on the other, just like that old orange. Star Trek episode. <laughs> <laughs> what or is the she Michael orange Jackson on one side? Song. She's orange. Right? You know that one where the like their faces are black on one side and white on the other one? The original Star Trek. You ever seen that one? Yes. Come on. You've never seen that one? <laughs> no, I haven't seen the original. <laughs> All right. Today is National Nonprofit Day. Birthdays today include Austin Butler. He's the actor who played Elvis in the biopic with Tom Hanks that came out. Good movie. I recommend it. There you go. Elvis. You yeah. want to know what's the last thing yeah. I actually saw and actually enjoyed in a theater? Probably Elvis. That was real good. The one thing that you're not down on. Not buzz killing about. It was it was worth the price of admission also, for sure. Is, is he he's the same actor from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Yeah, he plays Tex Watson, so he gets killed by Brad Pitt. And but he looks very different from both movies. Like, in Elvis, he looks ridiculously handsome. And then in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he kind of looked gruff and scrungy and dirty. It's called acting, Nico. You're supposed to play <laughs> other different parts. Really? Yeah, if you're able to do it, you're supposed to be able to play something that you're not. Well, at least that's for the time being. We're going to find out. <laughs> Donnie Wahlberg, former new kid on the block, who's now an actor on Blue Bloods, is 53 today. Also, Detective Danny Reagan. I said he is on Blue Bloods. Isn't that what he plays? Yeah, but I just want to say I knew Danny Reagan. Honestly, Blue Bloods, if you like cop shows, you've got to watch Blue Bloods, dude. That's copaganda. I knew you were going to say that. Such copaganda. Do they ever have the scene in Blue Bloods where they, they all go to a school, but they all just wait around outside the classroom? <laughs> I bet they never show that part of the job, do they? They never have, like, who's in charge here? <laughs> well, I don't know, but it seems dangerous down here. But they should have an entire three-episode arc where they're just waiting out in the hallway. Go get Donnie. All, right. <laughs> we got to get Donnie. <laughs> Donnie knows how to open a door. <laughs> Former Guns N' Roses rhythm guitarist Gilby Clark is 60. He was replaced by Izzy Stradlin. And Sean Penn, Academy Award winner. Sean Penn is 62 today. Uh, a few other birthdays. Belinda Carlisle, who was lead singer of the Go-Go's and had a bunch of chart toppers herself, is 64. Joanna, did you see the uh, Black Mirror San Junipero? I did, yeah. yeah. And that heaven is a place on earth. Great. Really captured the yeah, spirit really of the times. The yeah. <laughs> and Robert De Niro, possibly the greatest living actor. No, that's not true. It's Daniel Day-Lewis, obviously, but you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> you do love Daniel Day-Lewis. Except you didn't like him in The the Thread? The, the, what's the one where he's like a seamstress? Seamster? A, yeah, seamster. Yeah, the Thread? The Phantom Thread. The Phantom, Phantom thread. thread, yeah. So there wasn't even a real Thread? Right, it didn't exist. It, <laughs> Phantom say, Thread of the Opera. Such he a big still fan. Such, the role, though, right? Just, such a big fan of Daniel Day Lewis. I didn't care that the movie, the subject matter, was boring. It was about 
tailoring in being a tailor in England in the 1950s. It was the most boring thing that I've ever seen in my life. But at least its saving grace was it had Daniel Day-Lewis. I'd rather be bored by Daniel Day-Lewis than entertained by most actors. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, this isn't about Daniel Day-Lewis. Today's not his birthday. Robert De Niro's birthday is today. <laughs> and he's 79. And I guess he's going to be playing dual roles uh, in an upcoming gangster f- film. Yeah, interesting. What, uh, what's, what's your favorite De Niro movie? You just, it's hard to beat. Okay, Fellas in Casino and. What's uh, your favorite uh, impression? Can you do a De Niro impression? You looking at me? <laughs> you looking at something? <laughs> so it must be me. <laughs> you looking at. You looking at me? <laughs> King of Comedy is great. Oh, right. I mean, that's my the favorite, Joker before. My yeah. favorite imp- impression would have to be I have nipples, Greg. Can you, <laughs> Can milk, you milk me? Okay. That's probably not his finest work, but you know, he's done no, a lot of great stuff. According to you. <laughs> according to me. I, I would say uh, his underrated work in uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle has <laughs> flown under the radar for far too many years. And uh, today is Baby Boomer Recognition Day. So baby boomers are those people born in the 40s, uh, soldiers coming back from war and having families. They grew up to be the hippies of the 1960s. And now they're the the old folks of today. Remember when that was like the main insult if you called anybody over the age of thirty? Boomer? Okay, boomer. Okay, boomer. Okay, Remember boomer. that? Yeah. yeah. This is for all you boomers. Okay, boomers. <laughs> I watched the Beatles on Ed Sullivan many years ago. I listen to records, eight tracks and cassettes. I still buy CDs and I'm not streaming yet. I let my grandkids program the phone. They put Bluetooth in the car. This I was thinking while the light was still blinking on my VCR. The local guys. The morning show. This Adam's morning show. I've got three random facts for you this morning. And these are some these are some doozies. So get ready for your daily dose of facts. Let's uh, talk about El Paso weather. Raining outside looks like we've got a solid block of rain today. Um, around 85-90% of coverage area is going to experience some rain today. 79 for the high, so it's going to keep the temperature down. Uh, Then tomorrow, we are still seeing more chances for thunderstorms or isolated thunderstorms through Sunday. Definitely through the weekend. So tomorrow, chance more like 25 to 30 percent, but definitely looking for some rain uh, for the remainder of the the afternoon into the evening tonight. As always, take precautions, drive extra careful. This town goes insane whenever it rains. Mm -hmm. Uh, El Paso weather brought to you by Painted Dunes Desert Golf Course. You can set up all your tee times reservations online at PaintedDunes.com or you can call them 915-821-2122. Before we get to three random facts, here's kind of an interesting story. There's a uh, bank robber who became an overnight national hero. Did he steal from the rich and give to the poor? <clears throat> no, he tried to. he tried to get the bank to give him his own money, and this happened in Lebanon, so... Uh, this man 
Bassam al-Sheikh Hussein. Yeah, good pronunciation. Held up a bank in Lebanon last week. He walked out of jail scot-free after judge dropped the charges against him. He took six people hostages in a bank in Beirut, Lebanon, brandished a rifle, and threatened to pour gasoline on himself. So why did they let him off scot-free? His demand is he wanted a portion of his own life savings, which he couldn't get out of the bank, to pay for his father's medical bills. After the bank agreed to give him $35,000 from the 200000 that he had in his savings account, Mr. Hussein released the hostages. During the six-ordeal standoff, the six-hour ordeal, a crowd gathered outside in support of Hussein. So it turned into like a dog day afternoon type of scenario. Or a John Q. I don't know. It just depends on which movie you're familiar with. <laughs> you know, where people are watching it. <laughs> and they're all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, this guy's right. Uh, they've had so much trouble with their money. The currency in Lebanon lost 90% of its value in 2019. And banks essentially froze customers' uh, assets, especially if they were foreign currency, and restricted how much of your own money you could take out. Wow! In many cases, it was as little as two hundred a month. This guy had two hundred thousand, mm. and he wanted some money for his father's medical expenses. And nearly eight in ten people in Lebanon live in poverty, according to Human Rights Watch. So, even the soldiers and the riot police were on this guy's side when he was holding up the bank, according to this report. Well, we've uh, we've definitely got to dig more into what's going on in the El Paso uh, District Attorney's Office because there were a hundred cases, some of them felonies, some mm-hmm. of them misdemeanors, just the whole gamut that were wiped out. They just walked because they didn't file. They didn't indict. They didn't indict file within one hundred and eighty days, I believe. Right. So. So there were a hundred on Monday, and there were a hundred yesterday, and they're they are saying there's going to be a hundred today. And up to 400 or more for the week. So I've heard from a few people who say, look, I can kind of give you some of the information that's Uh, going on here. But it sounds like there is a major, major breakdown. Uh, Maybe we don't know the specifics here, but the district attorney's office is not getting to press. And some of these were like family violence things. Some of them might have had restraining orders. So all of those those go out the window. Yeah. Yeah. Personal, uh, maybe people with a violent history. Assaulting a police officer is on there. Uh, drug all, possession. All, all, kinds of, all kinds of crimes. Well, if it's like a marijuana charge, I'm like, all right, cool. Oh, okay. that one got vacated. Sure, but there's some very serious things right. here. Also, when the district attorney herself showed up in the uh, Walmart shooter uh, hearing, the judge read her the riot act about the lack of preparation and the lack of any kind of filings to move the case forward. There's something very dysfunctional in the district attorney's Ever since we brought this up earlier, I've been inundated with messages from uh, uh, defense attorneys in town and people who were uh, part of the the legal community, and they're all saying the same thing. They're all saying this is a dumpster fire, this is a mess going on, but none of them can speak publicly about it. Because apparently the district attorney's office, Yvette Rosales and her district attorneys, um, are very vindictive. So nobody can speak out against it for fear that they're, they're not going to work with them. 
it doesn't sound like they're working with anybody. When you're letting hundreds of cases just walk, and some of them involving violent crime, and you're just letting them walk, it doesn't... Well, you're not doing your job. You're not... The job is not getting done. We, we need some openness about what's going on here, and if it comes down to it, we need to start talking about a recall. Did, did Yvette Rosales come out with any uh, defense... She did of her of why she hadn't filed anything. No, she. I, I don't. I don't know if the, she has specifically came out with uh, something. You know, speaking about, on that, but she did speak on the fact that okay. So she said the district attorney's office is still capable of filing charges on these cases that are being let out. These hundreds of cases this year. She said that uh, the statute of limitations, which is two to ten years for most of these cases. Uh, can still have charges filed on them. Yeah, but she's going to have to go back through the whole process of getting the indictment for each one of those cases. I I think one thing you could say, and this is probably true, but it's true everywhere in the country, is that the pandemic had an effect on processing just the regular business that you're... But no other DA in Texas is having these issues. And And I just spoke from another uh, defense attorney who was saying El Paso is the only district that is having these issues that's why the judge spoke out that's why that's why there's been you know verbal i would like to hear from yvette rosales i would like to hear her defense for why she hadn't filed anything in the uh walmart shooter case uh what her plan is to get back these indictments not just saying well based on the statute oh yeah for two to ten years does that mean you're gonna file it in ten years are you gonna wait for a period of time the 180 days, mm-hmm. and you didn't do your office didn't do anything. What's to make us think you're going to do something over the course of the next 10 years? And also, how do you decide which ones you're going to do? Because crimes are going to continue to take place at probably the same rate that they have been taking place. You just sound like you're just getting in even deeper and deeper to a hole that you're not. Well, not she's not taking responsibility. Okay. She's not. Listen, take- I would love. I've never met District Attorney uh, Rosales, but sure, you know, I'd like to hear from. From her? Well, they've been blaming Jaime Esparza for a lot, saying that he left the uh, office disorganized. That's one of their things that they're saying. It was disorganized for 30-something years that Jaime was in office, huh? Right. I'm sorry. That kind of doesn't hold water. You're telling me for 30 years everything seemed to run at least competently, and then all of a sudden he's gone and everything breaks down? You don't blame that on the old guy, right? Well, you take responsibility. You should. Um... All right, so maybe, maybe we'll get somebody. Maybe somebody from the DA's office. This maybe was on the page DA. nine of the El Paso Times. Eight A. Eight A. I mean, this is the kind of thing I feel like if back in the glory days of print journalism, you'd have these muckrakers. You know, somebody would be doing expose and telling us exactly what's going on. Right. But they just don't have that kind of manpower. Um, you know, there are some other publications in town. Um, but I think there's really a lot of questions that have to be answered when they're just wholesale. You're free to go. We're just, we haven't done our job on this. You ready for random facts? Woo! All right. And now it's time for one, two, three, random, random, random facts. All right. Gather up a few facts periodically so you can learn something. I feel like I learn something new just about every day, but three random facts, what that's all about. Are you ready for your random facts for today? I'm ready. Now, ready or not, where the hell did they go? (laughs) Did you say that on air or did you say that off air? Oh, crud. 
Where do you go? <laughs> oh my, you're not going to have time for this one. No? No. No, you don't. You do not have time for this. Oh, my God. It's already 9.57. What? Maybe, maybe I saved it. Did nobody hear me when I said how much time I we don't, had? I got it. No. I got it. And that was your random facts. Because ready for them tomorrow. Because oh, okay. I'll have the first thing tomorrow. <laughs> I finally found them. And they were all about lemons. I'm so happy you found them. They had to do with lemons. This super interesting fact. Tease. Lemon parties? <laughs> now you're just going to have to do with that. Uh, we got to wrap up. Remember to drive safely. We still got rain coming down and throughout the rest of the day. Lemons float and limes sink. <laughs> but see, now I don't have time to get into why that is. Tomorrow we will find out. Why lemons float and limes sink. Also, are there separate words in Spanish denoting lemons and limes? Or do they just use the same word? Because I hear people say all the time, say, I want a green lemon. That's called a lime. Um. Uh, all of this coming up tomorrow. I want to avoid being stabbed by my producers, so we'll wrap up the show. Have a great one, everybody. You know what I think? I think you talk too much. Blah, 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 blah. Hey, man, we're done talking. Now get ready to rock with 95.5 KLAQ. More about the future of TV and streaming TV at townsquareelpaso.com. KLAQ El Paso with the Buzz Adams Morning Show. El Paso's best rock all day. A Town Square media station.
Drive, Kaylee Hughes, self-esteem from Offspring, reuniting us back together again. I'm Veronica Gonzalez. Now, to some, it's hump day, but to us, it's Wednesdays getting its ass kicked and Thursday just asking Friday to switch places. Right now, it's patient number nine from Ozzy Osbourne on Old Best Rock, 95.5, Kaylee Hughes.
listening to 95.5 KLAQ at work is free and better than anything you'll pay a service fee for. El Paso's Best Rock. 95.5 KLAQ. Mama, I'm sure all the hand and I just around. Cause mama, I'm sure all the hand and hand is around. Calls her mama, I'm sure all the hand and hand is around. Mama, I'm sure all the hand and hand is around. Kaylee Hugh, El Paso's best rock. Hard to handle from Black Crows. I'm Veronica Gonzalez. Now, how would you like to be in Denver, Colorado, Saturday, September 17th, after the El Paso show, to check out Iron Maiden on the House in Denver, Colorado? Well, if you answered yes, 95.5 Kaylee Q and BMG Music can make that happen. We'd like to send you and even throw in $500 of spending cash. So if you want to get registered, you got to make sure to listen for that special code word. And it is that time for you to hear this hour's code word. And that code word is world, W-O-R. L-D, world. Enter that code word on the free Kayla Q mobile app. One of the biggest stadium 
Contours of the Year is landing in America. We are sending you to see Bramstein. From Schwarzen. We'll fly you to L.A. so you can see Rammstein at the Memorial Coliseum. We'll put you up in a hotel and give you 500 bucks to spend on whatever you want. A show so big, only a football stadium can hold it. And the way to get in is by signing up today on our app. Open our app or site for full rules and details. To rock with Rammstein. Details and to enter, tap the KLAQ mobile app. Tower of El Paso's Best Rock is brought to you by Sunland Park Racetrack and Casino. Play the hottest slots and electronic table games at the place where there's always more fun at the sun. Play responsibly. 1-800-572-1142. The best new rock. The best classic rock. Everything in between. El Paso's Best Rock, 95.5 KLAQ.